0: Welcome to the B-Side Brands Podcast.
1: We're here to talk about branding and marketing and whatever else happens. (laughs)
0: Feeling good. Yeah, not so sure about the sanity.
1: How do you define brand?
0: Vicious, vicious dominatrix. I don't know.
1: Just four dudes who like playing music. Here's my logo. It's that emotional attachment, that gut reaction. Culture drives brand. 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 Welcome back to the B-Side Brands. Hey everyone we're sitting here with colin and christelle from devil may care brewery and we're in your future brew space thank you guys so much for being on the show and thanks for hosting too no problem thanks yeah, for coming it's, it's totally it's thrilled well <laughs> congratulations for the space i i mean we did a little tour before we started here and it, i you're kind of walking me through like where the bar is going to be and everything this place is going to look amazing awesome yeah,
2: yeah awesome Love yeah, hearing thanks that. so much we uh this is a long time coming for us, so we're super proud of this space. We're just so delighted that we actually got to where we're we're finally here. Yeah, uh, and that's to me, that's just uh, it's a uh, it's been a long road. So yeah. it's I get a little emotional every time I think about it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I might cry at some point. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We didn't bring the Kleenex,
1: but I'm sure you <laughs> can find something There's around it. Paper here. towels over there. <laughs> um, so when's so you're planning on opening in spring sometime? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, pending like construction, which is always up in the air. Yeah, it could be yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How much can you details can you give away of what the space is going to be and feature before? you know, before we launch, assuming this episode is out before you launch this yeah, place. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It'll be a race to get it out. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah absolutely. We can talk about it for sure. Um, so um, I guess the main point is that this is going to be our brewery. So we will be operating and making beer out of the back. Uh, you saw the production area, the 2B production area. Um, that will house our brew house. And we'll be making small batch beers here, and the focus will be on small batches that will be served out of this particular location. Uh, we'll have some cans to go. Uh, canning has been figured out, um, so it's not going to be um, a mass amount of production out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be uh, butts and seats, drinking pints, and cans to go. Uh, nice. That's our that's our vision for it. Um, it's going to be more around being a community space, uh, getting people to come downtown, to hang out in this particular space. Uh, We fell in love with this building really hard when we saw it. And we figured that like, this is what downtown needs uh, and it's what we need. So it was a really nice match. Uh, So yeah, small batches, creative brews, all the things that we can't do because uh, our other production is Quite large, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not making like a triple chocolate cherry sour stout thing, <laughs> right? Um, and checking to see if that's going to sell like thirty hectoliters of beer. <laughs> um, that's too much, right? Uh, but out of here, uh, if we can make five kegs of it or something, then mm-hmm. that's perfect. That's the perfect amount of beer um, for something that's wild and creative and super fun. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. So I, I, that's a good point. For everyone listening, I, most listeners of the show are from Winnipeg, but anyone that isn't, the fact that you're in Heart of downtown is so awesome. Like you're so close to the MTS Center or whatever, it's Canada Life Center now. <laughs> yeah. Thing has an identity crisis. It's so that MTS place. Center.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it will always be the MTS Center, yeah. But with Jets games and
1: everything happening there and all the events that happen downtown, like you're in a key spot to bring people right to this brewery like how like that's perfect we're really excited about
0: that yeah yeah that
1: will be good to see especially like next summer and everything too you know knock on wood hopefully covid's lessened you guys are up and running full swing and all the events that happened in the summer oh that's gonna be awesome absolutely
0: yeah colin and i both actually have lived in this like vicinity too so it it kind of feels a little bit like home anyway right on Uh, so i think that that's one of the big reasons why this location spoke to us as well
2: Absolutely. Like it, it kind of feels like coming home. Um, yeah. and like you said, all the events, uh, there's Jets games, there's baseball games, there's the forks that runs events all year long. Um, that's all within a couple blocks of here. Mm-hmm. There's event nights at the Pyramid Cabaret, which is half a block yeah. uh, down Time's the road. Changed. Times changed. Our wonderful neighbors neighbors in the back alley uh, mm-hmm. are running and then they will be running, I'm assuming their outdoor venue next summer as well. So yeah. um, it's just a ton of uh, new stuff going on down here. Yeah. Uh, that's really exciting to us. And just to be part of that is is incredible.
1: Well, it's going to be a wild 2022. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so for everyone listening, that obviously doesn't know you guys yet. So Colin, you started uh, Devil May Care with Steve, correct? That's correct. So you yep. two are the owners of the business. Yep. Christelle, you got your your partner, your fiancé is yeah. Colin. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah. you got dragged along I guess, for the ride. I guess I'm getting married to this guy now. You're
2: getting married <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, you would be a part owner then.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really mean, legally. Yeah. and I mean, I guess I put a lot of time into it as well, so yeah. it, it is a bit of a baby to me. I mean, I'm not, you know, the identity, uh, owners, but I, I, feel like I've, I've put a lot of my heart and well, soul yeah. into it already. So.
1: I mean, your role in the visual identity, the brand identity of the whole company is, is so substantial. Like everything that you're seeing on the cans, the logos, all that kind of stuff that was created from you, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: a collaborative, obviously like, yeah. uh, Steven, Steven Cullen, were uh, part of that. But, uh, I, I mean, we're, we're all really close friends. I mean, I mean, obviously more than friends with Colin, but even with Steve, like, uh, we, we managed to kind of, I feel like sometimes I can read their mind and it just works out organically that Mm -hmm. way. And, uh, I don't think you get faced with a lot of that in, uh, you know, a branding slash marketing world all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In, In the beer world, I think in, in our community here, uh, I think people, recognize Crystal as as one of the DMC faces. She, you know, she walks into the room and and it's quite often she's the one that does the cans. Yeah. And it's like, and then people want to talk to her about it because it's like she does work that I think nobody else is doing. Um, We're super lucky that she has that skill set. Because if I had to design a can, you wouldn't want to drink it. Like, you'd just be like, it says beer on it. and <laughs> It was designed in Word. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. yeah. well, it's lots of clip art. And there's that thinking guy with a little question mark above his head. <laughs> nailed it. It's perfect. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, I almost forgot, which is sad, to forget to drink beer. But know. we're going to be sampling some beers this show, obviously. So uh, cheers, cheers, first of all. Cheers. cheers.
2: Uh, what are we drinking here? So we're drinking, uh, our Brightwater Pilsner. Um, it's a New Zealand style Pilsner. Uh, one of the things that is most near and dear to our hearts these days. Um, and I know we have this long sordid history with Pilsners. Uh, you're, you're wearing the yeah. shirt, the, the infamous I'm into Pilsner. Check, yeah.
1: You check Instagram because it'll be up there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, that shirt uh it was kind of a joke just i mean it was a joke to start um because because
0: we're definitely into pilsners we definitely
2: do love (laughs) pilsners and um just it was so hard to find a good one uh and it pilsners are so hard to make uh so we we got to thinking like oh let's let's do this t-shirt because it's really funny (laughs) we thought it was really funny a lot of people didn't find it very funny and then um, we set about immediately saying, well, you know, if we're going to have, if we're going to make a pilsner now, it really has to be special. Like it has to be like, <laughs> we have to nail that pilsner. If it's like, like a, a 50% pilsner, yeah. like, like people will roast us completely. Um, this doesn't taste like the old Saskatchewan
1: pilsners. Though. This, this, is, that's this sure. is definitely
2: not that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it basically, um, if, if you're unfamiliar with the New Zealand style pilsner, it is a pilsner that, uh, is made with all New Zealand hops, and New Zealand hops are some of the craziest things that we have access to. Uh, they throw th- like li- flavors that you can't get from the from anything else mm-hmm. grown anywhere. So lots of things like white wine, lime, really um, weird tropical fruit flavors that you really don't get at from any other hop uh, variety grown anywhere else. It's just something about must the, be the soil the, the, or something. The soil, the temperature. Mm-hmm all those things like go into making New Zealand hops wonderful. Um, And so if you go to New Zealand and you drink a Pilsner, you get this amazing experience of like having New Zealand hops because it's just, that's what they use. Um, And the rest of the world has just figured this out. So we, you know, kind of heard through the grapevine and, and we, of tried to track some down and we thought, you know, we really need to do this because this is the kind of Pilsner I want to drink. Yeah. So, uh, basically, yeah, we, we found some New Zealand hops. Um, we partnered up with Maker's Malt in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. They're a craft maltster. Uh, great people. They're wonderful people. They're so accommodating. They're so friendly. Um, and they make such great products. So what they do is they collect malt from from all over the prairies, and they make small batch malt. And they agreed to make Pilsner malt for this beer mm-hmm. um, and send us a whole bunch of it. So it uh, it was such a hit, and it caught on so well that we decided that it was going to become our new core beer. Um, so right we introduced it. We have a we had three cores at the time. We dropped one out. Uh, down to two and we introduced Brightwater as the third the new third that's awesome wasn't yeah. there
0: an interesting story about the yeast as well
2: there is something interesting about the yeast so uh, it's it's a really interesting lager yeast and I know that sounds like a, such a nerdy thing to say um, <laughs> this yeast was a yeast that was in production for quite a long time uh, and it's called uh, they call it TUM35 I think you might have to edit this. <laughs> so long.
0: Yeah, we get sometimes we get like oh, subtle, subtle complaints problems. about how long our
2: oh really yeah so stories basically, are. Uh, well, I just got so much to say about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so shut up and read <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's s- complaining s- so much. <laughs> Such a story. Uh, so essentially, this yeast uh, was a long lost yeast. It it was in production in Germany uh, at quite a few breweries up until. Um, what is now known as like the lager yeast, the Bavarian lager yeast that everybody uses, uh, that is, that took over. And then at kind of World War II time, post-World War II, that other yeast just fell away. Mm -hmm. And people stopped using it. Uh, And just maybe, I want to say maybe 10 years ago, they found in some, Lab, they found samples of this old yeast. Really, and yeah. then they extracted it, brought that's it back right. to that's life. Really cool, and it turned out that uh, you can use it to brew a in a lager state um, a really hoppy beer, uh, and it would accentuate the hops, accentuate the bitterness, but would also minimize the amount of sulfur that your beer would produce, which pilsners and,
0: sometimes have a problem with.
2: Yeah, and that's the hardest thing about a pilsner is to. To make sure that those sulfury notes mm-hmm. it, it produces sulfur as a as a as a byproduct uh and to so that the fermentation is vigorous enough to blow all that off into out of its suspension
3: yeah.
2: um, unfortunately because it's a lager does not ferment very vigorously so this is just a better lager yeast for this type of beer uh, and as far as I know, we're one of the first ones that kind of like inquired about, Hey, can we use this on a production scale? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really exciting to get like a picture of that. And it was like a little piece of history that kind of went into. And they were this super there. eager
0: to, to share it with us. Yeah, they
2: were great. Yeah. Um, they're, they're like a wonderful, a wonderful producer. So, um, very, very cool. Uh, again, craft yeast, craft malt, fancy hops from New Zealand yeah. and like just went into this really, really cool product. The science behind it is fascinating. Yeah,
1: Like it is ridiculous. All the thought, the the connection of the the ingredients and what they do with each other. Mm -hmm. I find that just absolutely fascinating. And like talking about like yeast and stuff like that, it, it always makes me think of like, well, stuff like uh, like whiskey, the history that's behind whiskey, they'll use the same malts for a lot of the different stuff to get those flavors and same types of wood, same processes. Mm-hmm. That's right. Like kombucha, sourdough bread. Like mm. everyone's got their like ancient starters, right? <laughs> totally. Like it's very interesting to see that it sort of passes through all these types of things. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's this is one of these beers that – Uh, from the moment we thought of it, it was just meticulously designed from, from get go. Sometimes we, when we do recipes, we just kind of throw things at the wall and see if they sound right and if they work and if they taste right, uh, then great. But this was one of those instances where it was like, no, it was down to every ingredient. Does that belong? Is that the right choice? Like it had to be perfect. And we ended up being really happy with where we were right from the get go. Yeah.
1: It's, it's incredible. I'm into Pilsner's. Thank you. I saw it on your shirt. So yeah. must be true. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned, like, so this shirt, um, At it's funny that you got negative feedback. So the last Flatlanders, I guess, before COVID, uh, I wore this shirt too. And I was wandering around, and I can't tell you how many times I was stopped by people that loved the shirt and wanted a picture of it. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
2: I actually have a picture of you on my phone. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's incredible. I So I thought I tried to go track down like the tag for Flatlanders flatlander so I could see some of these posts. They don't and have then, one. Like, No, they don't. No. Uh, I was trying, I was like, well, there's pictures of me somewhere existing on other people's phones. We'll, we'll right. have to send exactly. it to you then. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. <laughs> uh,
1: Cause I wanted to repost it and then tag you guys in it. Cause everyone that came up to me, I was like, yeah, it's devil may care. Go check them out. They're right yeah, over there. Yeah, so that's cool. But it's cool. It's like walking advertisements. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, It was tongue-in-cheek and kind of snarky, but I mean, some people, I guess, didn't take the joke as well as we expected, but that's okay. That's kind of who we are. Yeah,
2: we're a little tongue-in-cheek and kind of snarky sometimes, so, you know, it works. It works with the brand.
1: (laughs) Before I get into, like, developing the brand, let's go even way back. Mm -hmm. So, first question, do you remember your first beer that you guys ever
2: had? The first beer I ever drank? Yeah. Oh, my God. Um... Something cheap? I, oh, I'm, I'm pretty
0: sure mine was like a club or an OV. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, what my parents drank. I'm pretty sure
2: mine was a moose head. Really? Yeah. My yeah. dad used to drink moose head. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was when I turned 18. That was the first thing we got to drink. Really? Yeah. Mostly kind of crazy that I we think. don't really Molson, yeah. remember yeah. it though. No, I
1: it's don't really kind of sad, actually. Well, I mean, how many beers have you had throughout the <laughs> ages, right? But at that moment, it was so yeah. monumental, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And now you graduate to here. So how did you, I guess, so how did you guys all meet? How'd you meet Steve? Like, how did you guys meet? And then how, how like, take me through the first brew. Like, how did you guys get into mm. this world anyways? Okay.
2: That's a good, that's a That's a great question actually. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I guess I can talk about my, my, the start of my journey, uh, into craft beer was, uh, basically I discovered Belgian beer. Um, so if you've ever had, um, what was the one delirium? Mm-hmm. Delirium was yep. kind of like the gateway beer. Like I had it somewhere. Um, and is that I with the uh, pink elephant? Yeah, yes. yeah that's the yeah. one. And that's what stood out, right? It's like, yeah. I want the weird bottle with the pink elephant on yeah. it. And the foil on the wrapper, like it looks yeah. super fancy. Yeah. Like, and I tasted it. It was like nothing I'd ever had before. Mm-hmm. Insane. It was like kind of clovey. It was kind of like effervescent. Mm-hmm. It was just this crazy thing. And I was like, that doesn't taste like beer. I need to find more beer like this. Yeah. And as you dig deeper into Belgian beer, you quickly find that delirium is like on the... Um, Regular scale of Belgian beers, and mm-hmm. it just gets crazier from there. Yeah. Um, so I started drinking um, Unibrew. Actually, was kind of like my first
0: the Quebec brewery. Uh, I mm. use
2: craft beer um, in quotes because they got bought out, um, so they're owned by Sapporo now. But I would drink like uh, their stole. I would drink their La Femme du Monde and they're great examples of their styles. Um, Even now, I I drink a Fendemone, and I'm like, that's a world-class triple. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's still fantastic beers. And that's kind of what introduced me. And then after that, finding out that, oh, hey, we have a craft brewery in Winnipeg. It was Half Pints, right? And I had never been there. They're the pioneers. Yeah, (laughs) they kind of were the ones that started. Was it them, or was it uh, Fort Gary? Fort Gary was the first. Um, They were big, though. Yeah. Uh, and they were doing things a little differently. So Gotcha, okay. Um, so there were...
0: Definitely m- props to them though.
2: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So they were making like their Fort Gary Dark, which I drank lots of back in the yeah, day. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, <laughs> I drank uh, some of the red and, and their pale as well at the time. And then uh, when I found half-pints, I was just like, oh, this is fantastic. I drank a little scrapper and, and, and we snowballed from there. We
0: experienced hops, right? Yeah, like the first <laughs> time you
2: have this hoppy beer is just like, That's incredible.
1: So that's different than the first time I've had a hoppy beer. I remember just actually specifically Little Scrapper. It was at the U of M and they have the beer gardens for when you're starting like university or whatever, first year, whatever. And uh, they had, it was all sponsored by Half Pints. They had like the Bulldog, Little Scrapper, all that stuff. And they ran out of Bulldog, St. James, whatever I was drinking and then they only had a little scrapper left. I'm like, okay, I'll just get a little scrapper. I'm like, I can't drink this beer. Uh. <laughs> it is too much. Now, it's the only beer that I want to drink. Yeah. That's what yeah. I gravitate to more than anything else. Right, It's, it's become so approachable. Yeah. yeah. But it I for me, it took like, my taste buds took time to adapt to yes. that. And then yeah. you needed that intense. And that's the only thing that you wanted to drink after it.
2: And, and that does happen with hops. Like, you know, I, I adapted to hops really fast. Like, I, as soon as I... You taste too. a little scrapper i was like this is so crazy yeah I, I need more of this right so i started seeking out all the ipas i found the red racers i found mm-hmm. um, all those kind of beers and then um
0: american beer
2: and then i discovered some a coworker of mine went down to minneapolis and he came back and he said hey like i tried this brewery uh like a couple of years ago uh called surly Mm -hmm. You got to try this beer called Furious. And I was like, oh, uh, sure, I'll try it. And and me thinking that American beer was like not very good, right? Because that's what we're led to believe as Canadians, right? Yeah. I tried this thing. It's incredible. It is. It just absolutely floored me. I was like, I don't want to drink anything else ever again. Like (laughs) this is the only beer that I want to drink. And of course that changed rapidly. Um, But I I just remember that point being like, okay, this is, I can get into this. Like, This is something I really, really love. Um, so we fast forward a little bit and I make my own pilgrimage down there. Uh, and I go to Surly. I pick up a whole bunch of beer. Um, and when I on my way back from, from Minneapolis, I brought back a coffee bender. Four of coffee benders. So um, coffee bender being a brown ale with coffee added. Pretty simple okay. stuff. Um, but I remember cracking that and being like, hot damn, this is good. Like, this is... <laughs> Like just being absolutely floored, like coffee and beer, like what is going on? Oh, and it was right? just so like,
0: like well composed. Yeah. Too. It was
2: like the perfect balance of sweet and coffee and like caramel and just had all these wonderful flavors. And I remember at that point being like, I need to have this beer, like way more of this beer. I need access to it. And knowing that certainly didn't just, they didn't deliver into Canada at all at the time. Mm-hmm. They were barely out of Minnesota. Um, they had just started to kind of like go to Illinois, I think. Oh, really? Um, yeah, they're just expanding slowly, slowly. Yeah. Um, and then I remember talking to my brother-in-law at the time and being like, we need more of this beer. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, well, we could just make it. Mm. And that's where it started. Like, like at that point, it was just, like, oh, yeah, we're going to start making beer. Yeah. And we're gonna make specifically that coffee beer. Yeah. Um. And it was like it's such a weird goal. Yeah. It's, like it's just, also lofty for the first it is, ones, right? Because you're just like, I want to make this thing that's amazing. And <laughs> like, so our first forays into making beer were not great. Like yeah. they were fine for the time. Yeah. Um, and what was, was your setup? Was it like Home Depot buckets and two? Oh yeah, like yeah. It was. It was like. Oh. You guys
0: started with kits and everything. We too, started right?
2: with a Scotty's kit from uh, grain to glass. Yeah. 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 Sorry, grape grape and grain. At the time. Yeah. Yeah, grape and grain. Sorry, not grain to glasses. the other guys. Um, grape, yeah, grape and grain. We got a Scotty's kit and we had a plastic bucket and my mom's <laughs> stock pot. Nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we definitely made a mess. We boiled over our wort onto her brand new uh, stove. Yeah. And she was very upset about it. Uh, sorry, mom, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, but you know, we got a little bit better at it and, uh, we managed to make a brown ale and an IPA that was atrociously bad. And then I think we tried a California common, which was not better. Um, and then eventually we were just like, I think we, we decided that we're going to go to all grain brewing. So we bring together this, like, uh, this little, um, igloo cooler mm-hmm. with a little sparge arm and like, you know, kind of set things up a little bit. Got a, got a propane burner and a bigger pot. <laughs> and, uh, and that was kind of it. We, our first beer was a Cezanne uh, because that's one of the styles that's truest to to my taste in beer. <clears throat> so what is a Cezanne? Uh Cezanne is like a farmhouse beer. It's, um, it's Belgian or f- uh, French in origin. Uses uh, a yeast that's Native to that region of the world, uh, we have a we have one over here that we're going to drink shortly. But nice. it has typically it's spicy, it's a little bit clovey, it's um, sometimes. Like a little funky. Uh, funky yeah. is, a, is a is a strange word because it d- that implies wild yeast. It's not wild usually, but it's really dry. It's really like champagney almost, and like okay. its quality goes um, well with food. Yeah, and I've always kind of loved them as a style. It's it's a very like wine drinkers kind of beer. Interesting.
1: Sure. How similar is that to like like the um, you know. Belgian or like uh, the wit beers that have that clovey spice yep. taste to them. Is yep.
2: that sort of similar? Uh, similar in a way. Yeah. It comes from the yeah. yeast, right? It, that's also yeast driven. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's oh, one okay. of those things that get, that is um, inherited by the yeast, but uh, different yeasts, obviously, uh, but the Saison, there's a, there's like four or five strains that are like, these are the Saison strains and oh. they're very identifiable. Once you taste one, you're like, oh, well, shit. That's what saison tastes like. Hmm. I get it now, right? Like, yeah. and so you'll you'll taste when you taste the saison uh, pruim. It's that's very Saison-y. Um, so we made the saison. It was a French saison. It turned out very well, I thought, for our first one. Um, and we kind of just continued down that path. And then we made we made the coffee beer <laughs> one day. We, I, we were just like, okay, now now we're we are we we ready. <laughs> we're we're ready to take the coffee beer plunge. <laughs> we made it, and I brought it to a share. Of friends of mine um and we were kind of all running in the same circle It was a bunch of people from twitter and people from the internet who had met um kind of just to share beers mm-hmm. uh, so one of them happened to be my now business partner steve oh right did huh? you meet
0: steve on twitter too
2: uh i had met steve on twitter but we did meet in person first i believe well, yeah. like like we didn't really know who we were but the beer um, judging
0: came after that yeah okay
2: so when i had met steve um at this thing he had tried the the coffee brown ale and he was like oh this is this is really good like you know which and i was is, like oh there's a like, lot like, uh, coming you know, from him and, oh really steve <laughs> yeah. is a very picky guy yeah um and he's uh very discerning in his taste yeah um also was a high level beer judge as well oh really so knowing that i was like oh well that's pretty cool um, thanks a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I walked away from that conversation and over the course of the next few months, Steve and I started kind of texting back and forth and somehow, I don't know, I think I was at the cabin or something like that and I was probably, had too much to drink and he had probably had too much to drink. <laughs> and oh, were, it's love. This sounds like a booty call. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a broody call. A call. Bro- <laughs> <laughs> That goes on a shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Right? totally does. Actually, that's a good shirt. I love that's it. That's
0: a good beer name, too. Uh, and a good beer. Right?
2: So we were texting back and forth, and we just said, like, at the time, we only had our still our two breweries. It was still only Half Pints. It still only was uh, was Fort Gary. And we said, like, you know, hey, why, why can't we do this? Right? And that's really where it started. Mm-hmm. Um, so DMC kind of started at that moment where uh, we would – try to get together, try to brew, like homebrew style. We put, we actually took all of our equipment and we like put them all together. We added some pieces and it actually built up this pretty impressive system that was like pump driven and, and like had lots of chilling in capacity a garage. and we did it all in a garage. Yeah.
1: Did you, did you two knew, know each other at that time? No, no. this no. was years before Crystal. Yeah. Oh, oh,
0: yeah. Actually, no, oh, okay. I came, I came in here late, but I, I did get to witness one or two of those garage
2: brews. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And yeah. I could see. I could yeah. see the passion.
1: Yeah. For sure.
2: Yeah. And yeah. originally it was it was me and Steve and it was my brother-in-law Stephen as well. So it was like me and two Steves basically. Oh, really? Um, and then we <laughs> and then uh, unfortunately Steven had to bow out. So uh, it was just Steve and I left over, and that kind of became the core of DMC was just the two of us. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Crystal and I met.
0: Yeah, for it was, a, it, was it was over beer, of course, Yeah, but yeah it, was. it was You uh, can
2: tell that story because I've been talking well. for
0: a while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not all that much to tell other than I think I I was traveling, going to be traveling to Europe and I needed a way to journal beer and I just I think I had just been following you on Twitter out of the community. And I kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I'll slide into his DMs and just <laughs> without intention of romanticism kind of asked if you had a suggestion on a way to journal beer tasting because I wanted to be able to look back and um, I was still new uh, uh-huh. into the beer scene and um, <clears throat> Colin said, uh, "You know, well, why don't we meet up for beers and talk about Ooh. it?"
2: Ooh, yeah. I was just newly single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I had uh, I had uh, canceled my uh, next couple of dates after that. So
1: it was the beer. It was the
2: coffee beer. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It was yeah. always yeah. the coffee yeah. beer. It was, was actually
0: yeah. Elephant and Castle.
2: Yeah, we went to the Elephant Castle. Oh, on really? the first we had some, yeah. yeah. We had some we like some Guinness. I guess and, yeah, uh, like
0: what was it? English beers.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep.
1: What's okay. your take on Guinness? Do You like it? It's fine. Yeah, I feel like a lot of mixed things. I personally love it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of like Leanne and I have gone to Ireland a couple times now. That's and, right. Yeah, big big fan of Ireland. Love
2: Guinness. Like yeah. it's yeah. I I like it. I think um, one, it's better when it's super cold. Mm-hmm. I know that's weird, and I'll probably get shot for that. <laughs> um, Apparently, it's
0: better in the country.
2: Yeah, it's different here. I I think pouring is different here. So like a lot of it is to do with the pour. Um, I think it's it's. I don't see anything wrong. It's the classic example of Irish dry stout. Like, if you're to mm-hmm. brew an Irish dry stout, that's your bar. Yeah. It has to be as good or better than Guinness, right?
1: I think it's also the first one that I knew of that had, was it ni- the nitrogen?
2: Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. which
1: was, it gave it a different texture yeah. in your Bunk mouth. Feel. That totally. was
2: really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 totally. Oh, <clears throat> I guess I should finish off that story. Go ahead. In that. Like so, Crystal and I got together. Um, we became a thing, and and I told her I wanted to do this this brewery thing. It was it, it was bubbling under the surface the whole time, right? I said like one day I'm gonna do this, and she was like, yeah, okay, sure, you know, yeah. you <laughs> know that, right? Like, and yeah. then like when it actually started happening, right? Uh, when that's <laughs> <No>, fine. <laughs> when uh, when Steve and I finally decided that yeah, we were gonna. Um, Buy some stuff we were going to get involved at Stone Angel, mm-hmm. we were going to put tanks there, we we're going to start brewing. Uh, Crystal was 100% on board, and she said, I will do all the graphic design and I'll get all that marketing stuff going for you guys.
0: Well, and um, I mean, out of all of it, like I, I, I know I mentioned, like I, I, I'm, I never ever felt like an entrepreneur, but having like the support system of, of people that have a dream that they believe in, it's it, it's it just it just happens, right? Like, and I always wanted to support you guys. So, um, being, having like an education in marketing and having a job in design, it, it just was like, why not? And it, there's no expectations there. Um, if anything, the expectations were among me and you guys and, and uh, I feel like we've exceeded them as far as creativity and uniqueness goes anyway, so,
1: yeah. That's awesome. So, you're launching the company. Take me through the naming, the, I guess, in, in your role, the brand identity and creating sort of the logo, the look and feel. Um, what came first? Like, what did you know roughly what you wanted to be? Did, the, did you have the name? Like, sort of, where did that all come from?
2: So, the name was a contentious point because it, as it turns out, most good brewery names in the world okay. have been discovered. Yep. Um, that is not like, you know, I, I can say like devil may care is a good name, but wow, do we have to reach far for that? Like, <laughs> like I, we didn't know what devil may care meant when, when we were coming up with names. So right? what does it mean? Uh, devil may care is a, it's an attitude. It's like, um, like not giving a shit about what people think about you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being aloof, being a little bit playful, irreverent, being reverent. Yeah. Not really, not really caring, just kind of doing what you do and, and you know, not, uh, not. Caring too much about the world around you. Yeah. So, and that kind of is the way we make beer. We're just making beer that we like, and we hope people like. Um, but as long as we like it, we're happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's kind of just the way we are, and that's the way we brand things too. We're just like, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll get more into that, I'm sure. But like, our branding's pretty off the wall. Yeah. Um, and like, we literally give no shits about the fact that like our cans <laughs> don't match. We'll see. I really want to talk
1: about that because it's it's cool. Like it's and it. Like so the name, I, I did look up the name to to know that. And then when you see your product and the representation, it just resonates so perfectly well. Yeah. Like it is just that carefree sort of mentality. You have fun with it. There's actually on your website, I had to write it down because I loved it so much, but on your website, you have um oh it's it's listed under the things that you aim to provide the audience. And the first thing in that list of stuff is the coolest styles (laughs) before anything else, before a good tasting beer or anything, is immediately starts off the list with the coolest styles and like the best products. (laughs) It's like that is hilarious that that's where we're going to start the conversation because it's so perfect with the name and the styles of beer and stuff that you guys
2: create. It's it's, kind of
0: all of our personalities too.
2: It is, right? Because I mean, we're very pop culture focused, just as even as me as a person, I'm a very pop culture focused person. Um, So I, I tend to be on top of, you know, what is cool in beer, what's cool in media and, and like, you know, I'm I'm watching the newest thing on Netflix and listening to the newest whatever album and mm-hmm. and, and Or podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, there you that's go. That's right.
2: And that and that's where my head goes all the time, right? And it's like you know, what do people want to drink? Well, they want to drink the coolest styles, right? I mean, maybe yeah. it's not the most articulate way of saying it. Oh, but I get to be a cool kid now. I never really was, so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, honestly, and in the world of, and I, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but in the world of like craft breweries, it's, it's a very saturated market. To have your products mm. stand out more on the shelf or in people's eyes, yep. something that they can remember it a little bit better, just gives you that leg up, right? right? And so I'm sitting here looking at these cans on the table here, and it was the beefcake one that I remember <laughs> when you guys launched. Because I'm a big, I was a big WWF fan, WWE fan, huge. So like anyone that lived that world and knows that, I I didn't even need to see the name on the can. You see the the zebra stripes, the pink and black zebra stripes and scissors. That's it. That's all you need. And you understand it immediately.
0: (laughs) That's what we were going for. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And
2: it's to me, yeah, that like that branding is, it evokes a very specific uh, thing in my brain like i'm like eight years old yeah and like i'm watching i'm watching wrestlemania i'm watching brutus put zeus in a headlock right <laughs> he's putting him in the sleeper hold right um it's that to me just captures my childhood so well and i like so when we discussed that it was like well what do you want the camp to look like i was like well i want I want tiger stripes, like <laughs> I want pink. I want, if we're going to do another one, it's going to be blue, right? It's yeah. going to be leopard print. It's going to like, it's going to be wild. Yeah. Right? I, yeah.
0: I had to make like the name sort of chopped up too, right? Like yeah. he cuts the hair at like the end. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I love, I love the designs. I definitely going to talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> um, I do want to, before we jump off of branding and starting up the the company, uh, Bills a beer. Yeah. Where did this this character come oh, from? Oh,
2: I love Beelzebub. He was uh, going to be in the logo. He was originally going to be in the logo. So in our very, very first few, well, many drafts of, of the <laughs> Devil May Care logo, yeah. uh, it was a typeface um, with, with an ever-evolving face of a, of a laughing devil. Because uh, one of the, Steve's biggest things was he wanted us to convey uh, a sense of fun and this devilish irreverence. Jovial. Right. If we were going to be called devil my care, then we kind of had to walk that walk, right? Like, um, you know, you've got to be James Dean with the, with the, the cool, with the cool jacket. Right. Um, And, and just not giving a care. Right. So uh, it was the idea of, well, if we're going to say devil, we're going to probably use a devil face or horns or something like that. And we tried putting horns on different things. And um, the, the, the V horns ended up, in the final logo because uh, um a friend of ours at the time pointed out that the devil face was a little bit like the true to diab devil face
0: yeah we didn't want to cross had, the copyright laws yeah and they oh, had yes. just
2: been bought by molson oh, uh, okay. so we wanted to stay away from that machine yeah um so we pulled him off of the main logo and that's how we ended up with the the devil may care logo that we have now but Crystal put like I don't know how many versions of of Beals of It together. actually started
0: off like really awful. He when was I really look boxy
2: back. and yeah, like, like angular.
0: Eventually, <laughs> I kind of actually kind of ended up with him as like more of a freehand design. Like I, I used to when I was younger, I used to draw a lot of. Cheek heavy smiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, he's, it ended
2: he's up a cheeky devil. He yeah. is, he's, <laughs> he's like got the pudgy, the pudgy cheeks, yeah. the yeah, little he, cheeks. He's cheeks.
0: Yeah. He doesn't, yeah, he, he kind of, I feel like he's he works.
2: He's kind of adorable, yeah. though. He like, yeah.
1: reminds me, like, with the cheek heavy smile and the big mouth, it reminds me of, like, the scream face, too. Yeah. Oh, oh totally yeah, yeah, I guess so, eh? Which is also, like, another cult classic.
2: Like, right, I yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, it's that time of year, right? So, exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, when we put him together, we, like, we were just calling him like the devil face or something like that. Or we're just going to, or we'll take the face logo and we'll put it on the thing. And, mm-hmm. and like, I don't remember how it came about, but like, I think I said Beelzebub. Well, <laughs> yeah, you guys were me. looking
0: into like the mythology. of Yeah. Devils yeah and, and like, stuff. you know, I'm
2: big into like mythology and things like that. Uh, and, and so Beelzebub being the devil yeah. in so many, uh, cultures, um, it was Beelzebub was, was logical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was that or beer Elzebub. And that was just too hard to a say. Too, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, <laughs> oh, I got to figure out where to put that R. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Beelzebub just kind of rolled off the tongue and we was like, you know, I like, like that. It's kind of one of those things where you just throw it around the office for a while and it just becomes a thing. Yeah. And God. so that's, that's and his name And he's so now.
0: easy for me to draw. Like I can just draw him. Yeah. Like when we've had to hand paint him on yeah. like our, um, our Flatlanders, uh, booth like I didn't have I mean because I feel like because he came so much from me too it was just so easy to freehand him yeah you know and I mean it's pretty simple too
1: yeah which and that's is, the key like it's super simple easy to recognize and you can put that literally on anywhere and yeah. we have yeah oh, and it, and people can <laughs> like they can just see that you don't even need your name now like, yeah. they just see that and, and connect it with you
2: that's right that's yeah. the goal of a logo totally Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. and then, you know I love the fact that He's, it's an image. It doesn't say DMC or Devil May Care on it anywhere. Yeah. Um, but when people see it, I think that's what it evokes. I think people recognize it. Um, hopefully, because we're going to put them on the front of the building. So <laughs> <laughs> if they don't know it now, they
1: damn well will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so then you guys got started up, and you didn't have your own space immediately. Where's the fa- uh, first place that you were brewing out of?
2: Was Stone Angel? Oh, uh, Stone yeah, Angel Brewing right. on Pemino. Yep. So uh, they were gracious enough.
3: It'll
0: open that other
1: beer. You know what? Actually, yeah. Before we even Jerk. start this conversation, let's have another uh, sample here. Getting yeah. dry. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> well, I, I saw yeah. that there's a little bit left in some. I'm like, oh, I'll wait, and then I completely forgot about it again. <laughs> that's that's typical. Okay, so what I are we interrupted what are that. We, uh, Cracking open here. So we're gonna drink uh, saison. Is, prune. Yeah, the
0: saison okay. that we talked about earlier.
1: Did that work? No, yeah. didn't throw it far enough. <laughs> wow, you so, poured it down the edge. We did. <laughs> So saisons, like you said, like there's going to be a little like spices and stuff in here that we're going to get, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So you'll get like a spicy kind of this one. This one you get a lot of fruit in it as well. I mean okay. that's part of because it has plum puree in it. Mm. Uh, mm.
0: Before they started the brewery, I remember tasting uh, a couple of your saisons, and you did like a, a simple saison recipe, but you did uh, you showcased two different yeasts. I remember he did the same recipe, one with a a Belgian and one with a French and it was just really interesting even before we were a brewery to taste that side by side and know yeah. that it was the same beer but well, there's a reason why they were different
2: yeah. yeah I've always been a fan of the split test yeah that's the scientific method in me coming out I suppose <laughs> where it's just like you know let's to, to figure out you know what the differences are so yeah so uh Cezanne Pruim It's, uh, this is different for us. Um, We don't make a lot of Saison.
0: The last one was uh, No More Mr. Nice Rye. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that one. It was great. Mm -hmm.
2: I was a This is really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can, thank you. I love that spice. Yeah. So it's, you got the heavy spice, heavy to medium, or medium to heavy spice. Um, But there's like, there's a nice little clovey note. Uh, I get like, from this particular yeast blend, because this is a we, we chose this one specifically for this beer, um, because we knew we were going to be adding plums to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has this orchard fruit quality to the even to the yeast, so you get like a little hint of um, maybe peaches, maybe pear, something like that. Um, some stone fruit that kind of just sings right at the end of that beer, mm-hmm. um, and it really really pairs well with the plum, um, and that. To me, I think is kind of the hallmark of of why this beer works, and we've got great feedback on it. I wasn't sure how people were going to receive it, because saison is fairly divisive. Um, It's not everybody's palate for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Just like most people, or some people, don't like Belgian beer. It just hits the wrong note, right? Or Um, IPAs for that matter. Yeah, but I find like yeast yeast qualities are something that like really like stick out in people's Mines usually, and this is a very yeast-forward beer. It's a saison in general, just like a, a wit beer or a, or a hefeweizen yes. is just a, a, a yeast-driven beer. All that character comes from the yeast, and there's not much else going on in there. Like if you looked at the the, the grain bill for this beer, mm-hmm. it's super simple. It's like pils malt yeast or a pils malt wheat, and maybe some oats, maybe, uh, and that's it. Like, there's it's no. All from the yeast. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yeah.
1: I would have never guessed that that's what you're tasting. Exactly. You're yeah.
2: And the hops are like. Kind of what I love about that normal, style, too. Yeah. They're just mm-hmm. normal hops. They're always noble different. Hops, yeah. yeah. That's really good. So the, the plum stands up a little bit, but plum is fairly innocuous as a fruit. Like, mm-hmm. it's, if you were to bite into a plum, and nobody told you it was a plum. Would you, Would know? you know that it was a plum? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. probably not. <laughs> um, but it's kind of there, and it just kind of, it, this beer just kind of makes me happy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was really good. It's like A good summer beer. If yeah. You,
2: know. you, you can talk about the branding for it, though, because... Yeah.
1: Yeah, talk about the... Uh, so, so far, we're two in, and the cans look completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, not to, like, go away from the Saison Prune, but the Brightwater um, was named after... Um, a, a Nobel Prize winner scientist, right?
2: Yeah, it was um, Ernest Rutherford. Sir yeah. Ernest Rutherford. So
0: we kind of yeah. wanted it like sciencey y feeling. Mm. Um, the gold foil had a... There was a reason why we used the gold foil.
2: Because he was the uh, the inventor of the gold foil experiment. Right. And so I had the, to put Haley. it in the design. Yeah. yeah. So he, he basically said... Um, well, he set up a, a, an experiment where he would fire... Uh, molecules through not, sorry fire atoms pieces of atoms through a gold foil mm-hmm. and f- see that some of them bounce back um, and that would tell you a lot about the structure of atoms so Interesting. He, he was only able to see them coming back like bouncing back through the gold foil. Yeah. Um, and that and that was like this big monumental, and that's why we see atoms the way they do. So there's a whole story behind uh, Sir Ernest Rutherford, and I highly recommend that anybody who's at all curious about science, like mm-hmm. read everything you can about the guy, because he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, and then for those of us like me, who kind of don't really care that much, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what I found what was was new with this packaging and, and branding is that Um, a lot of the times when people do substrates on packaging and they want to do like a a foil, it's like really highly cost to get that Mm -hmm. like shiny effect. So in, in place of that, we decided, um, to let the, uh, the metallic of the can itself shine through and did sort of like a, um, a mat on sort of, sort of clear substrate so that the. The can would come through as yeah, the shiny part.
1: That's smart. Yeah, because cool.
0: getting a foil—it's
1: so expensive. It's for so foil. expensive, yeah.
0: and and, and, and you, you know that we're pretty small. So yeah, if you know anything, this was our DMC, way to, we are. This thrifty. was our way of yeah, <laughs> this was our way of cheating it, and I thought it turned out pretty good for our first time. And then we we decided to play with it in some of the ones after that. Yeah,
2: we used it in a in a few other cans afterwards. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I feel like I probably learned about it at work, but. Um I thought it turned out
1: pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. How about um, the Saison?
0: So Saison Prume, I think we kind of uh name wise, we kind of struggled a little bit with that one. Like we had the beer, we wanted it a little more refined, uh, because it is sort of not necessarily like a not a pretentious style beer, but um, we wanted it to be a little less
2: playful than most of ours. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little classier. Mm-hmm. Like, we we figured it would be, like classy was a good word. Yeah, I thought, and proum, right? I
0: think, was the Latin name or Belgian? room
2: is the Latin name, Latin the Latin name? word for plum. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, so, and then we, well, I think, ultimately, Steve and Colin really had their hearts set on um, sort of, I don't know if you ever drank um, the Goose Island beers. Mm-hmm. They used to have uh, the, the the old uh, Sophie and
2: Lolita. Lolita. Lolita was the biggest. Yeah, so they yeah. would
0: always have like sort of a serif font with like a subtle sort of watermark of of a
1: fruit that was yeah. involved in it.
2: Please don't sue us, Goose Island. Yeah,
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's that not plagiarizing.
1: At all. It's called inspiration. Yeah, that's right. It's right. completely different. Yeah, though.
0: no, I didn't use the same font or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think I've tried a few textures, um, and it kind of took away from this, the sort of classiness that we were trying to go for there.
2: Yeah, and it just ended up being one of those things that, that is like, it's actually wildly different than everything else we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the thing that's like the most different that we've designed because it's the least wild. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then Steve, I, I mean, I think I remember trying to do more of a purple color and Steve said, you know, the beer isn't all that purple. I don't want people to think it's purple. Yeah. So plum, you kind of plum, struggle with
1: that. juice is not all purple if you know. yeah well a plum the inside of a plum isn't purple
2: exactly it's the skin right yeah but yeah if you look at the beer it's very not purple at all yeah
0: so we didn't want to suggest that too much i know that i knew that my initial draft was way too purple
2: yeah but it it turned out i I really like it i think it's Mm. one of those like i don't know reminds me that sometimes we can be classy (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think taking away the brand like the, the consistency where every can looks the same also adds something different where my a personal story that I had is the Tabula Rosa mm. one that you guys do I love that beer. And I think I drank it like four or five times before I actually knew it was a devil may care beer. Right. I was like, this is just a really good beer. And I was just drinking it. And then I finally looked at who did it. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I wouldn't have even guessed that. (laughs) But it's so now everything's just so different where people can do that and they'll drink and then they connect to the beer rather than the, Brand. Yeah. So they don't have that bias in their head. And they can genuinely see if they like the beer or not.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That, that kind of like that point kind of brings me to what I was a little bit uncomfortable when we started with the branding. I mean, I know that we had it in our minds that we wanted it. We had a vision, um, but I was kind of like struggling with the idea of giving some... I know we talked that continuancy isn't an actual word, but I use it all the time <laughs> in like branding, yeah. um, you know, seeing them next on the shelves and you know who belongs to what. Uh, so I guess the only continuancy I've really ever done is the, you know, the tag yeah. um, and then the odd time, the dark bit on the top. But I, I, th- I think in the end, we're really happy with the fact that people buy them individually and they're, they're choosing a beer based on the beer, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, if it happens to be Devil May Care, that's great.
2: And, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I do like that every beer, like, really stands up very, very proudly and speaks for exactly what is in that beer, right? Yeah. Um, it's – it. I mean, maybe it's not a good design philosophy. I don't know because um, I'm not first in those things. But I love the fact that every one of them is its own unique thing. And yeah. then I get to write a really – weird thing for the side of the can, (laughs) except for Saison Prune. Uh, Crystal did write that because I was like, I don't know what to say about this beer. (laughs) Uh, So she, she wrote that one for me. Uh, but other than that, I write. I write all the copy on the cans, and I just kind of like to tell that story. Yeah, right. Um, it's exciting. Yeah, and I think it's fun, and it really connects. And you know, sometimes you know, you'll get people that are like, "Oh, I really love the story on this can, or uh, or the one on Brightwater is way too fucking long." Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm looking at it now, like it's crazy. We had to make the font so small yeah. to fit that think, story. Yeah, we watched but, like
0: a really awesome like YouTube review, and he was like, "I love this beer so much," and then he was like, "I don't even, I don't even want to read this." Like. Like, it's just so long. And I was like, <laughs> like oh, well, you write, you write
2: Ernest Rutherford's
1: story for the side. Like, can we get in the sirens? This is downtown Winnipeg. Right yeah. Here, oh, yeah. The episode with uh, Thomas Hines, I think we got the exact same thing. It was That's, just sirens yeah. ripping up and oh, down yeah. the street.
2: That's going to happen down here yeah. for sure. I love it. Part of the ambiance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah,
1: so I get the reason why I wanted to talk to you guys actually was because of how every different everything looked. And it was the, in, like, how intriguing it is, because from a branding point of view, like, we always sit there and you know when I was in the agency I talked to my clients about how you need to make everything be consistent and it needs you have to have that consistency run through your social media through the way you talk through any ad that goes out through the way your you know customer service answers the phone right that consistency has to be there absolutely it does but and so at high level looking at it someone just says oh well they're not consistent they all look different but I think when you look at it like they're consistent because they're inconsistent and it and it's so and it's on point with your brand and the name and who you are. So, yeah, it may not look like it is, but it is. Yeah. It works really, well.
0: I'm very, like, surprised that somebody's, you know, catching on to that. I mean, I never really wanted – I always felt uncomfortable about the fact that it kind of goes against the grain of what I was taught in school, but at the same time, like, each beer is an art piece in the content, so why can't mm-hmm. the outside be –
1: And that's, yeah. And so you kind of circled around that too. Like you said, like every beer is so uniquely different and it embodies something so different. So why shouldn't the label look like that too? That's right. Yeah. Right? Like that's, it's just smart. Yeah. Um, We were about to talk about Stone Angel and starting out in Stone Angel. So yeah, tell me how that sort of got started.
2: Right. So um, when Steve and I finally started down the path of like, oh, this could be a thing. We were regular customers over at Stone Angel and we had been talking to them about um, starting up a brewery and we're asking them lots of questions. Um, And then uh, some other stuff happened and we lost some funding um, and unfortunately had to pull the plug on the the full brewery setup that we're going into right now. Um, But we had talked to the Pauls about um, joining up perhaps as a contract brewer there, a partner brewer, contract, brewer, contract an ugly word. It's, it implies, it implies no work, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, as a partner brewer, there, brewing out of their space. Um, and that's kind of how it got started. It was a very organic conversation, mm-hmm. um, where we just decided to move that project forward and, and kind of Steve were, and I were both at this now or never kind of moment in our lives where, if we were going to do it, we're going to do it. Uh, But if we weren't, we're going to stop chasing it because, you know, it was three years into the planning and we were, had nothing to show for it. Three years. So you're planning the
1: setup for three years before you actually got the space to brew out of. That's right.
2: Yeah. Dreaming about it anyway. Well, yeah, dreaming about it, but we had, I don't know how many business plans we wrote for how many different buildings that we wrote business plans for. And it was, it was incredibly frustrating but well, we got really good at writing business plans. <laughs> so when it came down to this it was a learning experience, Yeah. Right? When it came down to this place, no problem. We, mm-hmm. we, we nailed that fast. Um, but yeah, to start up there, it was, it was a good opportunity for us. Like we, uh, without having deep pockets, like, you know, I, I, I think I talked about this a few times. Um, it's just, we came from nothing, like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. We had less than nothing. Like Steve and I were both, in crippling debt at the time um, and somehow managed to cobble together enough money to convince the bank that we weren't going to lose everything um, doing something we'd never done before. Don't, they I, took don't a gamble. Me, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen yes man where he just approves every, oh. yeah, that's the guy you got. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. Apparently, um, A little help from our families uh, who really wanted to see this happen. Um, so yeah, our, for that. our parents, yeah. our, our parents actually are, are, uh, um, minority shareholders in our company. So, uh, Steve and I at the majority, and then both sets of parents mm-hmm. are minority, uh, shareholders. So our AGMs are basically just family gatherings. Um, but that's how it started. They just put enough money down and then Steve and I went out and, on a personal loan and put that loan towards a bigger loan mm-hmm. I don't know how we're allowed to do that, but <laughs> thank you to r b c for letting us do that <laughs> uh, so that so that happened uh and yeah that's how we that's how we started d m c was Stone angel
0: literally yeah
2: literally with nothing um and like i don't recommend that to most people like don't recommend starting from absolutely zero um and going that route because it's it's difficult um, mm-hmm. and it's slow to claw back and it's slow to pay back um, and yeah, especially in a, in a brand new thing. So it worked really well to launch too because Stone Angel, they
1: don't have these off the wall flavors with yeah. a lot of their beer. So yeah. it complemented the menu quite a bit. I remember when I first started going there, it was, you know, Stone Angel, they got the ales, they got the dark beers, the lagers, like everything was kind of yeah. in one sort of like um, one sort of lane yeah. and then there's the stuff that you guys were putting out which gave a little bit of a different option yeah. for people to sample and try hoppier things or exactly, things with yeah. like fruit in them and yeah, yeah I
0: agree it gave the customers a little variety exactly yeah, yeah.
1: And, it, and, and in that sense it was perfect for you guys yeah. because now you're recognized and you're not just being lost in the menu right. yeah. it's like do you want something from Stone Angel where you're going to get this or do you want something from yeah. DMC where you're going to get this, like yeah. something
2: different. Right? Totally. And I think for me, um, it was a nice little partnership uh, between us and them and as well as kilter, because you could go to mm-hmm. one place and you could get, uh, you can get your British beers and some, some classic Belgian German type stuff yep. uh, that Stone Angel was making. But then our beer was very much uh, classic American craft beer um, styled. So like with star stuff, it's that, it was our American pale ale, like, and it was, pretty straight up American pale ale until we decided to hop the heck out of it with Australian hops. Um, But then, like, we were making, you know, making American browns and and American wheat beers and, and, and infusing with things like that. And we were basically doing, like, you know, what we knew to be classic American craft beer. And then Kilter came in and, like, blew the doors off doing... New England IPAs and things like that, like all Mm -hmm. the really like trendy stuff with like the fruit fruit sours and things like that that you know we weren't going to do, and Stone Angel wasn't going to do. So there was like you kind of had in the three Uh, like a perfect selection of beers. It was was a perfect trilogy at the time. It was yeah. Kilter came in after you guys, right? Just shortly, like oh really? Like not by much. Oh wow. Probably two three months after.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, for some reason, I was thinking it was a lot longer, but yeah, I was there for uh, when all three of you guys were there. And to your point, yeah, it was an amazing selection of beer. Mm-hmm. Like, it was almost like the perfect setup that you didn't want to break up the band, and because now it's just Stone Angel Brewing out of there, right? Yes. They don't have anyone else. That's yeah. Right. So yeah. I mean, it's 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 a different place now yeah. with mm-hmm. different options. Yeah. yeah.
2: Unfortunately, you know, like like you say about breaking up the band, like with success comes solo careers. Yeah. Unfortunately, right? Yeah. Um, so and
0: budgets and well
2: I mean we had to we had to leave for financial reasons we needed uh, to expand mm-hmm. like we needed more space and more capacity than we could ever have there yeah. uh, and that's where torque came in uh, to help us out there uh, because now we're brewing more beer than we, we could dream of at the time yeah. mm-hmm. we can finally
0: uh, keep up to demand
2: yes and we were having a hard time keeping up before um, whereas torque does a really good job of keeping keeping that star stuff flowing Um, and nailing
0: our recipes
2: yeah they absolutely do um so unfortunately like you know all good things must come to an end sometimes um Mm -hmm. and that's sad but at the same time i think everybody left better off
1: yeah right so a lot a large part of your selection on where you're brewing out of obviously has to do with space as well but are you factoring in the Breweries that you are moving into, and like their brand, and if it complements you, like that relationship with you in Stone Angel versus the relationship with you in Torque. Did you strategically pick Torque because you knew those people? They complemented
2: your brand, and you guys can work well together.
0: Hmm. That's an interesting question. It
2: is. Um, like, I mean, full disclosure: we go back very far with some of the guys from Torque. Um, I've known. Adam and Matt for years. And Steve has known Adam and Matt for even min- more years. Mm-hmm. Um, those guys are friends. We hang out outside. Um, like Adam Adam was here on the night we got our keys. Oh, really? Uh, having yeah. beers with us. So yeah. um, it was, it, you know, it was um, an opportunity uh, to put our trust in someone's hands that we knew very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so not so much because their brand was entirely different than ours, uh, which it is. Um, but more because, uh, one, they had lots of capacity two uh, we knew we were in really, really safe hands and, and three, the, they're great. They're, they're great at making beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if unfortunately we were taking our hands off of making our own beer mm-hmm. at that point, uh, because, had to be special. because going to, going to Torque meant that they were going to brew our, our beer. So in going to Torque, we had to make sure that we were comfortable with that. Um, that you know, uh, Star stuff was not going to be that's a big change necessarily something that I had my hands. It was kind on, right? of scary yeah. actually. Yeah, no yeah, it was absolutely terrifying for yeah. the first. And, and not that I didn't trust them, but you know that first brew, the first set of brews. Every time yeah. you brew the first batch of something, it was like, okay, let's. Let's hope, right? Like and the equipment
0: was different and everything. Yeah, so. it, brewing
2: at Torque is very different than brewing at Stone Angel, right? Uh, their system is twice the size, and it's a different process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, boil times are longer, for example, right? So things come out a little a little different, and we had to compensate those recipes only after, you know, you try them, and, okay, this didn't work so well, so we have to change that. But um,
0: Certainly they were a trusted brand, too. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So. But,
2: and we knew that, I mean, they have the training, they have all the expertise to be able to make those adjustments and, um, work with us. And they, they're fantastic to work with us all the time. Mm-hmm. They put up with us probably more than anybody should. They're, yeah. they're so patient. <laughs> um, and they're just, they're just wonderful to, to work with. So yeah, it was, uh, very, it was a very calculated move on our behalf. Um, mostly because of the brewing skill.
1: hmm that's awesome yeah and they are a big brand too I remember like they were one of the only like craft breweries that you can get in some of the bigger restaurants like a Joey's yeah. or mm-hmm. thing. or even
0: outside the province sometimes yeah, yeah yeah. and they
1: were producing lots like I remember there's always small batches and seasonal runs mm-hmm. coming out of there yep. uh, apart from their regular was it the core four or five lineup that they always had yeah yep. and yep. It, it was just it always seemed like there was something new coming mm-hmm. from them which was awesome like yep. it was something new to experience Absolutely. as like
0: a as like a a beer craft beer industry too i feel like um they are customers are always looking for something new yeah
1: yeah the red line was the like one of the first like IPAs that i ended up loving i got reintroduced to IPAs with I don't know if you can call it an IPA, but it was slightly hoppier than other beers was the Mill Street Tank House. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And then uh, after that, it was the Muskoka Detour. Oh, and yeah. And so, like, I was, like, just slowly climbing up that yeah. IPA, yeah, like, the no, hoppiness. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, with the little scrapper and then the red line, like, those were the two that I would gravitate to all the time. Finally, right. there's something
0: local, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Totally. Yeah, it worked out really well. Um, and uh, so talking a little bit about the products, like we've sort of, we've talked about like ingredients and, and the core lineup that you guys have. When you launched, did you know star stuff and like get up off that thing? We're going to be like core products. How did you decide what was going to stay and what was going to go? It's a good question. Cause
2: like we just went, we started out, set out to say like, we're going to try and brew a good version of something, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, I wanted to do a brown ale. I really wanted to do a brown ale because, again, I told you the story about the coffee brown. Yeah. Really, it's um, really
0: about the beers that you guys love.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, and those were the beers that we love. Uh, Steve, Steve's first craft beer love I'm I'm fairly certain is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah. Uh he loves Sierra Nevada Pale Ale more than I think he loves anything. Uh, it is yeah, it's, he it does. is amazing. He loves yeah. it a lot. But, like he he sits with his 12 pack and he's just the happiest person in, <laughs> in the world. Um and so from there it was kind of like a you know, well it makes sense to make it like an APA um uh, because that would make Steve happy. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Making Steve also, happy is
0: like the wife happy.
2: Really. <laughs> <laughs> happy Steve, happy yeah. brewery. Yeah, yeah <laughs> pretty much. Um, but I also love, um, uh, what's the other beer? Pseudo Sioux from um,
0: Topling, Topling Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. In, okay.
2: Uh, in, great in, beer. Yeah, in Iowa. Uh, they're a fantastic brewery and that beer, that APA, is just amazing. Um, and a lot of that beer's DNA is in Star Stuff. Oh, um, really? Because we coulda- we, how are you guys doing? Should we sample stars? Uh, stars? Yeah, we should. Yeah. I, I yeah I just uh... um oh right, yeah. let me grab this. oh sorry all I didn't right. push that far enough no oh all right cheers guys cheers.
1: cheers all right sample number three for tonight feeling good still and this is uh this is one of your core beer star
2: stuff this, right I, I would say this is the core beer. This is this is this was the first one. This is the one that this is the one that built the empire. Yeah, <laughs> the um, empire that you see. Exactly.
3: All the
2: stipple on the <laughs> ceilings and all the stucco that's gonna get ripped off is <laughs> yeah is star stuff funded. Um, honestly, like you know, getting into into the star stuff uh, story. Yeah, it was it was my love of of pseudo Sue and Steve's love of Sierra Nevada that really just like. Let's let's try and make a pale ale. Let's try and make like just a really good pale ale. So our first attempt at that was riddle me this. Um, That was our first Flatlanders beer. Oh yeah. And it was like horribly orange. It was. And it it looked like swamp water. Like (laughs) like if you looked at it, you did not want to drink it. It was like I fully (laughs) realized that. Um, It was this dark, hazy pale beer that was not. I, I wasn't
0: mean, it, into it,
2: and clearly it, my branding wasn't either. It tasted fine. <laughs> yeah, it tasted fine, but it was basically a trial run, and we were working with ingredients that we, what could we get mm-hmm. before we had to brew, basically. like, And it was like within a week. So what could we get within a week? So we yeah. put all these things together. Um, but we learned a lot of things when we brewed that beer, and then we took all those things, and that's how we ended up with Star Stuff. Uh, Star Stuff was the retooled, reimagined, uh, learn from your mistakes beer mm-hmm. um, and the first batch of star stuff was like oh we are on to something like yeah. um, we used golden promise malt uh, which is a wonderful Scottish malt
0: and it, it totally sings that's what makes it so unique
2: yeah it's yeah. like it's like I call it the pez of, of malt mm. it, like like throws this wonderful candy sweetness into, into beer. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It gets used in a lot of stouts and things like that, but in a pale beer, it just like has this wonderful candy note.
0: It's so subtle.
2: Yeah. And we use British yeast that kind of accentuates the fruitiness. It also gives you kind of a hazy appearance. Um, and then we also, um, we went with, um, citro which was the cool hop at the time uh, and is pretty much in every beer now uh, and some Australian stuff so mm. we used uh, Enigma and Vic Secret which were two hops that we were kind of just fiddling around with and we liked a lot and we made this pale ale and we are like well Damn, that's a that's a really neat beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and lo and behold, it was a huge hit, and it's it's the hit now. Um, it's it's the beer that we sell by far the most of. It's probably twice as much as everything else. It's
0: always the one we ran out with, ran out of like the first when we had yeah. supply problems. Oh yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. Before we like managed to expand a little bit, which yeah. which was frustrating because our customers were frustrated, and then you know they mean so much to us. It was really hard not to give them what they wanted. Um, So I think that was a big decision factor too.
2: Yeah. And I mean, we, we quickly developed this, this amazing fan base for this beer. And again, it's, it's the, one of those, like, maybe they weren't DMC fans. They were a Star Stuff fan. Yeah. Right. Like Star Stuff was the, the thing that people wanted. And when there was a fresh batch of Star Stuff, we would sell fast. Um, really? it was just, in it would like half the batch would be gone in like two days
3: yeah. and That's we're just wild. like,
2: yeah, it's so much like, beer yeah. when you really think yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and it's just this crazy amount of, of, uh, following for, for this, this little beer that we just decided was, you know, hey, we're just going to try this because, you know, we think we learned some stuff when we tried to brew the, the bad one. Yeah. Um, I remember and, being
0: worried about it, like sitting on the shelf too long like what would happen to the hops? And yeah, like that's, now that's you can't never keep it case. on the shelves. Never yeah, been a problem. yeah. yeah not
2: with that's this that's awesome. Yeah. That's a good problem to yeah, have. Yeah, so exactly. So it was the fir- it was obviously the first core beer. Yeah, um, that was that was just the way it was going to have to be because the demand never stopped. Mm-hmm. Right, people just when's the next star stuff coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? Like, right, and it was we we'd get phone calls from stores that were just like. You know, we can't get Star Stuff. Like, is there more? Like, no, it's all sold out. Like, well, we didn't get any. I oh, so, was, so, was so heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Like, it was
0: heartbreaking to say that to them. Yeah,
2: I'm yeah. so sorry. Be faster at ordering. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like um, it was. Yeah, it's it's absolutely. um It's it's still. I think the my favorite beer that we make. Really, yeah. that was my
1: next question: is yeah. what's the favorite one you've done so I, far? I
2: think it's Star Stuff because really? it's uh it's the thing that's closest to Never my heart. Never
0: not in the mood for it, you know? Yeah,
2: like. Yeah. Yeah, it's an easygoing beer.
1: Yeah. Like you
2: can drink it at any point. Yeah. yeah, it's the one
1: that I first had from you guys and yeah. I loved immediately. Yeah. And I think I was probably one of the people that went to, to Stone Angel to try to pick it up and it was mm. never there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, ah, oh, they're out Aww. again. <laughs> I was yeah.
2: like, I'll get it again. Yeah. Maybe I'll
1: check the L C or I'm something. Sorry, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> no, it's it's an amazing beer. I really Thank like you. this one. Uh,
2: yeah. It's yeah, it it is it is one of my favorite things. I, I you know, if uh I don't drink a lot of it because I tend to want to sell the cans yeah. <laughs> as opposed <laughs> to drinking them for free. <laughs> um, Don't worry. So, I
0: make up for that. Yeah.
2: So I, I typically only get to get, have it when we go out somewhere and it's on tap or something like that. Yeah, no, so, that's true. And um, we
0: and I mean, it is kind of special to you. I remember before we started the brewery, him being like, you know, going to the yellow dog and he's like, one day one day my beer is gonna be on top here and now At we can like down. go yeah, there that's
2: right because that is my favorite bar yeah. 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 yeah and
0: now we can like go there and like order a pint of it and yeah, it's always awesome. there yeah. and it's just like wow look how far we've come
1: it is like isn't that cool like those key milestone moments yeah. where they're like little but they mean so much they do. and like and uh, this obviously being another one like the your own brewery like that's yeah. that's a huge milestone and like that feeling of just adding up, climbing that ladder must be
2: incredible. Totally, it's it's wild. It's uh, I can't. I, I still have I have a hard time putting those into that feeling into words. Uh, I'm sure I'll get there yeah. at some point. But <laughs> yeah, like, I mean,
0: all we can do is really just like thank people. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. right. Like, um, I you know, guess that's kind of the overwhelming feeling inside me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah it's. It's kind of incredible, and, and yeah, it's those little, those moments, right? It's like the first time you see a beer on a shelf, the first time you get to order it in a pub, like, you know, yeah. it's all those, all those little things, and then, and then eventually, yeah, it's this, right? Like, the first time we pour a pint from the draft lines here is going to be like, okay, that's wild. Like, yeah. like never thought that was going to happen.
0: Yeah. Might poop ourselves.
2: Might yeah, poop, yeah <laughs> might poop myself, yeah. Might just a little bit of poop. Yeah, yeah. no big deal. Um, I know we talked about, um, we talked about pours a little bit, um, I know we're like get off off of that thing was was kind of an inevitable thing because I wanted to make that brown ale so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was designed in such a way that like it could be tinkered with and it could be added to. Um, so what you'll see, I mean, uh, without, you know, giving everything away, uh, live in an Arabica. I don't know if you've had our coffee brown ale. No, not yet. Oh. So it's, it's a beer that it's the beer I get asked for the most. Really? Because it may be our best beer. Oof. But the recipe for that is my homebrew recipe for the coffee brown yeah. ale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. So that get up off of that thing is actually. Great that,
0: base beer. Kind yeah. of that
2: beer minus like it's a. Sorry. Living in Arabica is a tweaked version of get up off of that thing. So gotcha. um, to accentuate the coffee. But get up off of that thing is essentially the same homebrew recipe that I started with, yeah, with some you know pro tweaks because you know you learn a few things as you as you go, right? It's Mm -hmm. got like
0: this really approachable like I know browns shouldn't be fruity, but there's like some fruitiness that like sings in it that is so good with coffee, especially like the Ethiopian
2: beans that we Mm. really love and that
0: we use in the recipe. Um, And I have a feeling like it would probably be really flexible with any other kind of flavors. Yeah. Yeah. And to. that's,
2: and that's kind of the, the, the big thing about that brown ale is I do love it on its own. I love the coffee version of it like a lot. Um, but it's also, we designed it such that a future state is that in this spot here, mm-hmm. you will be able to come here and get different variations of it as well. That's cool. So yeah. chocolate, really cool. vanilla, hazelnut, uh, pecan is the one I want to do the most. I'm yeah. looking pecan forward brown. to pecan. pecan and chai. Yeah. Maybe. yeah, oh chai, chai. Yeah, we talked about chai. Yeah. Have you used chai before? Yep. Or, yeah? yeah, have you? Not professionally, but yeah. as on home, a home bird, scale. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's the most outrageous ingredient that you guys have tried? Ooh. Ooh. Dante's perk. Oh yeah, uh, Thai bird, uh, Thai bird chilies. Yes. Really? Yeah. What, a Thai bird chili in a stout. Really? Yeah. Like, a, is that so? That's a the spicy chili the pepper. The little, the little red ones. Yeah. That are like hotter than everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a stout. In yeah. a stout. That's yes. insane. It was, it was
0: a coffee stout.
2: Yes, it was a coffee. And, and
1: did that spice come through? Oh yes. The longer oh, it sat, God. it got hotter. <laughs> Actually,
0: <laughs> some of those bottles exploded in our living room. One
2: bottle Get exploded out in our living room. With the, like the acidity yeah. of the spice in it. Uh, I think it was just actually a re-fermentation of that particular bottle. That was homebrew, though. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It was uh, that was insane. Uh, I will never. Well, I won't say never brew that again, but I might. Yeah. Um. But shout out to Harry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was Harry's beer. Um, (laughs) Is there something that you
1: haven't brewed with that you want to? That's like a bucket list ingredient.
2: That is a really (laughs) good question. there's a lot of fruit that I'd love to brew with mm-hmm. that we don't really have access to. Um, you know, it's stuff like, I mean, I know we, we have access to passion fruit, but passion fruit's super expensive. I love passion fruit. Yeah. And I'd love to brew with something like that. Um, so we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, probably on a small scale.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if right. we're going to use it, like we want it to come through, so we're not going to put it in subtly, right?
2: Well, yeah. 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 But at the same time, like, it's it's like I, you have to be prepared to dump a whole bunch of money on these ingredients, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's just an example. It's like, there's just so many exotic fruits out there that I would love to use, right? Um, I'd love to use yerba, yerba mata. What is that? Uh, so it's like, it's a uh, South American tea. It's oh. really high in caffeine. Uh, and now
0: Colin's father was born in Paraguay. Yeah.
2: So my dad's from Paraguay. So his family um, and my, my grandfather, and my grandmother would sit around at the cabin in the summertime, like with these like horns with ice and like this yerba tea in it really and these like crazy ornate straws and they would drink this cold super super caffeinated tea wow Uh, and i have these fond like childhood memories of like brewing or like brewing this tea and like you know taking a sip every now and again and it tasting so herbal and crazy mm-hmm. um and i i there's a there's a way to put that in beer i'm sure uh i'd like to use that someday and i think i have a recipe in my head for it but we're not there yet again yeah. would need to be a small batch because i don't think that many people would buy it <laughs> but yeah it's one of It'd those mean things. more to
1: you than the yes latest. totally yeah, yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Talking about ingredients though, like you're getting them from like all over the world. Do you like, so how do you source this kind of stuff? And do you run into like import issues and, and like the legalities of being able to use a certain product from New Zealand or wherever
2: in a beer? I don't know about legalities.
0: Um, I feel like the hardest part is that we would love to be more local, but Stuff like that just isn't available yeah. here.
1: Well you are not there's gonna get that. passion fruit here in Winnipeg. Well, even <laughs> yeah. even
0: like I don't know, sometimes we we love brewing with like local hops and we have yep. but sometimes the varieties we're looking for just aren't here. Yeah. And, well, and I, they can't be grown here because yeah. we don't have the right climate for it. Right? Yeah.
2: Like if you wanna brew like a hazy IPA and you almost always have to put citrus in it or something like that. Well, we don't grow those hops here, right? Like that's not that's a California thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or Washington or something like that. One of those West Coast states yeah. right, with warm weather all the time. And, and that's where that stuff grows. So you don't really get that, uh, that kind of thing here. Um, but at the same time, uh, there are import issues too, right? There's um, at the time, last year? Yeah, it was about last year uh, when COVID struck. Uh, there was a problem with getting certain kinds of malt and golden promise was on that list Mm -hmm. which meant that star stuff was on the temporary endangered list and we actually had a contingency plan to do something else just in case star stuff wasn't
0: which would have been horrible
2: it would have been horrible i mean we would have made it work and would have been something else that would have taken its place for a short amount of time yeah um it would have been like you know no, new new star stuff. Yeah, new star stuff. Yeah, and star then star, right? reintroduce in the <laughs> classic stuff in the, in, the, in the new Coke in the new Coke plot, right? <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but you know, it was that, that was a little scary, right? Oh, all of a sudden we can't get our malt, and it only comes from Scotland. You so, can't right? call it
0: the same thing. Customers want what they want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So we actually had a plan for it, and thankfully it didn't come to fruition. And we, had, you know, were able to keep on going the way we do. Uh, but yeast is like that too, right? Um, sometimes yeast is just in really high demand and certain brand, like certain strains of yeast are just hard to, to get your hands on sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a seasonality to some of those things, right? So like a half of its in yeast, um, certain strains of that you can only get in like the spring or like the really? late winter when people are starting to brew for the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that you can't get those because the yeast, uh, Propagator, uh, like uh, be it White Labs or Y Yeast or whoever it is, decides that, well, that yeast doesn't really sell year round, so we're just going to shut that down for the year. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. There's no more. Unless you have like a slug of it kicking around in your brewery, then you're not making Hefeweizen in. November. I think that's always Not created that kind of a culture
0: that, in the industry, though, too, right? Yeah, like so, there's a reason seasonal why seasonals years. exist. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, right? So yeah.
2: there does exist that seasonality to go with the supply, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, that helps. I think it right? happens
0: in a lot of industries too, but yeah. I mean, if you people don't notice it in beer, they just think, oh, okay, it's half season or it's Oktoberfest season. Yeah, I mean, there's well, a reason why the other, that's
2: there. Yeah, and there's a reason why you don't see like pineapple and guava beers in january right like because those fruits are not in season yeah you just can't get them Yeah, yeah yeah
1: um how do you vet the suppliers to make sure the quality of the product that you're getting is up to like your standards that you'd want for your beer
2: usually we'll ask for samples or we'll go by what somebody else has done so we'll either like you know write An email to a supplier and say, like, hey, can you send us, like, and we're happy to pay for samples or whatever, but send us a couple pounds of fruit puree of some sort, uh, so that we can test it out and see what it's like. Or we'll Vanilla ask,
0: bean, we recently did too, uh,
2: vanillin, yeah, oh, vanillin, yeah, yeah. various That's extracts and things awesome. like that, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, but you can reach out to your other industry contacts and say, like, hey, well, when you brewed X beer, what did you use, right? Like, or you know, uh, coffee's a good one, right? Yeah. Like when we, when we source coffee, we're going out to find the freshest who's got the right beans, like, you know, kind of like, you know, you're, you're picking the three roasters in the city, four roasters in the city mm-hmm. and which one of them can offer you the thing that you want. Right. Um, and knowing like, you know, you want a very specific thing. So that's kind of how we, we, you know, we'll have a conversation with them. Uh, if they're local, it's easier, obviously. Um, sure, yeah. Because you can just sit down and you know, sometimes we'll just sit, sit down over beer or we'll shoot emails back and forth and figure something out. Um, but so yeah. The
1: preference for local is always there when it's available, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you can get it and it's economical, right? That's the other part of it is like, you know, if uh, uh, part of the reason we don't always use local hop suppliers is because the crops are smaller. Mm. So that per per volume Costly. it has to be it has to be more like because they have to live on it right yeah. um, so they have to charge more and we can't necessarily pay that all the time um, depending on what we're brewing right but mm-hmm. um, well, we do it's
0: special a, releases and that's absolutely, like, yeah. exciting for us to yeah. like get hops local totally. hop suppliers yeah. we have some
2: really good relationships cost obviously factors into it because it's a business it has to it has to pay for itself right yeah have to make money if you're not making money. You're not well the beer stops flowing. <laughs> yeah Or customers don't, don't want to want, buy. No, like yeah.
0: nobody wants to buy a five dollar can of IPA, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. Or sorry, not five. I'm but like some are sold. being sold
2: for five. I, <laughs> I mean it a lot since in your like beer? Can of beer, sorry. <laughs> Crystal drinks a lot for free these days. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's how they pay me. Um,
1: we didn't talk about the design and naming for star stuff. Where did that come from?
2: Ooh, okay. Mm. So, star stuff. It's a
0: long time ago. Yeah,
2: this is such a it's it's such a long time. We actually we came about this fairly easily. Um, Steve and I are both like big Carl Sagan heads, so we we love like Cosmos, the show, like the the the, the series. Uh, Love shout out Sukram's in his Cosmos beer. (laughs) As well, (laughs) hey, Suk. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. But uh, being huge fans of Carl Sagan um, and his work, uh, Steve and I both. It was kind of like a well we have this hazy pale ale you know what are we gonna what are we gonna kind of call it well like can we come with like a space thing like it 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 looks kind of like you know starry like it's it's got this like nice glow to it it's kind of hazy like a like a nebula or something like that like you know so we were throwing things back and forth and i don't know when carl sagan entered the um the the equation but um it was i think I think I threw the idea of uh, taking the quote and saying we are all star stuff or we're made hey, of star, star stuff is, yeah. is like what I had proposed that the name would be. Um, and then we just took it and we just said, we chopped off the front of it and we just, it's yeah. going to be called star stuff like straight up. Um, and then the branding of it quickly became like, well, this is going to be a Carl Sagan tribute beer. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and that's why the very romantic text on the can and it's yeah. very, very like idealistic, scientific like it's it's a throw to back to most of our heroes right inside yeah. in the science community I, I,
0: like branding wise i remember like our initial vision was like to try to make carl sagan's face out of stars that's oh. right it was and <laughs> like I, I, I started it doing was, it and it, and at the time we didn't have like our newest software and my computer old, my computer, computer, computer couldn't handle it <laughs> yeah she, I, she
2: started making stars yeah and literally like it would crash
0: yeah, I was it trying to make his software. face <laughs> yeah. like So uh, every
2: star was an individual layer that yeah, you Yeah, well to
0: play? it was kind of like each like sort of suggestive element in his yeah. face and like you still had to make it look like him. And then my my computer was just like no, I'm not not doing this. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, tried so hard. Yeah, but I mean I think like I remember also when I was making this design I found like a a really vintage um sort of like lunar or like <laughs> Mars like yeah. that had like lots of teal and yeah. like it' yeah. like really old and I just remember like eye dropping the colors from there and thinking yeah. like yeah. I love the way this feels because it's got kind of a
1: vintage feel that's yeah. Our, yeah. Yeah, I'm happy you said that because that's
2: the vibe I got Yeah, from yeah. It. that's that cool that's all from yeah. the color
0: I guess too and right yeah yeah
2: once we realized we couldn't do the the Sagan's face <laughs> in stars, yeah. I'm glad it then, didn't go that way <laughs> uh, I am too now. But it was kind of a bummer at the time because it was going to be like this really beautiful thing, yeah. and then we and then we kind of like Steve and I actually went to a hockey game. We're sitting there in the in the then MTS Center, yeah. and we're. Uh, we're we're actually Googling pictures of like vintage space things like Buck Rogers or like uh, uh, Flash Gordon and we're sending yeah. pictures of those things to Crystal and being like these are like the vintage space things we know, right? Because uh, this
0: is how all know, the designs go. Because Carl Sagan
2: <laughs> is a vintage space guy, right? They send like, me pictures right? of things the they like. The thought
1: process is insane.
2: Right? Like I admire
1: that so much. So the rabbit fun. holes that you can go oh down is. Yeah, so we're
2: sitting there at this hockey game. Googling and sending poor Crystal <laughs> all these pictures that are just like she's like you want like scantily clad women with lasers. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. no, no.
0: I'm like because I can our, do that.
2: Inspiration. <laughs> we want inspiration. And and she so she pulled all the, col- the colors from those color palettes. Used yeah. the like a rocket ship, mm-hmm. right? Uh, vintage kind of rocket ship, and then the the starburst.
0: I was thinking, like, you know, we're all made of star stuff, yeah, like so, hues and...
2: And then the, if you've seen the, the background of it, like, underneath it... Those old
0: stars. There's, like,
2: old stars that have, like, little, like, atom-type shapes. And, like... Ah. Like, I turned that around.
3: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah.
2: So Steve was like, do you remember those old, like, countertops that had, like, stars on them in, like, the 60s? Like an old vintage kitchen counter, looks, like a kitchen countertop mm, that mm. would like have like these teal little like loopy stars in them, and I'm like, you mean like like a like a Formica thing? And he's like, yes, that's exactly. So we started googling, right? <laughs> Pictures of these really old oh hideous patterns, right? Crystal, the stars have to look like this, right? Like, <laughs> and How do
0: I bring this all together? I don't some,
2: know. Somehow it all <laughs> ended up on the can. Just Eventually, make it work. It's the life are, of a graphic points, designer. There are though,
0: where, like, they, they, they get, like, really excited and they, like, send me a bunch of things, <laughs> and I'm like, no, you know what? Like, out of basic design principle, I cannot do that. Like, I'm not throwing Carl Sagan's face on top of that rocket ship. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, come yeah. on now.
1: That would have been amazing. Well, nice. I know,
0: right? Well,
2: <laughs> it would have been. And I mean, you I know, well,
0: so, like, I got I to push back a little we're bit. I'm pretty
2: <laughs> proud of, the, of, of like... The fact that it all came together the way it did. I think this is like Star Stuff is one of our best packaged beers, like in in the sense of like the branding is very concise. I like the way
0: the product name looks. It, yeah, like it you looks really
2: good. Like it's on my hat right now. Yeah,
1: and the brand, I was noticing like underneath the brim of your hat has that like a little the- Futurama splash. So cool. Yeah. Like it's, it works really, really it well. It turned
2: out really well. Uh, so, so well, in fact, that we've actually, um, uh, there's a guy who runs a, like a, it's called Saganism, um, his Instagram account. And it's a Charles, it's a Carl Sagan fan page, basically. Yeah. Um, he knows the family. And he sent. Oh, really? He sent like all our info to like really? the second kids and they were like, oh, that's awesome. Like we need to get our hands on that beer. My freaking oh. stomach so dropped. When I, right. when I can Whoa. finally cross the border, I'm going to send him some beer so that he can pass it actually on to the Sagan's. That's savings. amazing. And I'm just like, that will do it for me. Like if we just closed up shop at that point. <laughs> and then I'm, Colin I'm good, like I died, right? he'd yeah. like die like, happy. I will be good. Holy yeah. smokes. Yeah. So that's, that's a how big far deal. That, Yeah, that's. I don't
0: know how these people found it, but yeah.
2: yeah. Wild. That's yeah, pretty wild.
1: That is so crazy um let's get into marketing a little bit so how do you how have you guys been getting the word out about the company
2: so mostly it's word of mouth um and it's social media that's Mm -hmm. those are the two things that we rely on the most um
1: are you limited a lot by being an alcoholic beverage what you can and can't post and say on social media you think so? <laughs> but we get away with a lot. Yeah, of shit. We,
2: we, can, we we have we're not. Also, gotten in small trouble. enough. Yeah, that we, yeah. Don't you're, think you're gonna fly the, under radar. the radar, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, we, I mean, we, we we we're fairly quiet as far as like you know, we try not to you know tell people to go out and get blasted on the weekend or anything like no. that. Like we, yeah. that's not what we're into.
0: Drinking responsibly is also a hashtag we use.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's it's one of those things where you just. Um, I don't know, you have an audience, you have a voice we talk about things that we care about and mostly talk about the beers that we make
0: Yeah, and legally, Um, from a legal mindset like it's very clear on our social medias that we are a brewery right? mm -hmm. so, I mean, even if our cans may suggest you know, maybe I mean, they don't suggest soda pop, but say they were I mean, I feel like if somebody was to look us up it would be very clear that we're a brewery and we sell alcohol
2: right yeah Yeah. and I mean from the marketing perspective like we don't have a marketing budget so we're not paying for any advertising anywhere ever Um, not yet anyway I shouldn't Mm -hmm. say ever one day we will I'm sure when we have some money Um, (laughs) that isn't sunk into this place (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and that's kind of it right Um, it
0: we're lucky to have a lot of like friends that support us on social media Uh, we've had we have a close friend who did a lot of like little bit of social media management temporarily and has good eye with the camera
1: yep
2: it's um, all really merch grassroots. helps too like you say uh yeah. like every t-shirt's an advertisement right
1: that's right yeah um, i mean if you can get your product being worn by so many people people are going right. to ask questions about it
2: yep so i mean i've seen dmc t-shirts in the wild i've seen dmc hats in the wild um that that speaks volumes yeah. um other than that like we really don't have a huge marketing Plan, um, this- the, uh,
1: events. I think are also like something that's taken for granted a lot for uh, marketing. I feel like that's also a great way that you guys have gotten your word out about mm. your company as well, yeah. and a lot of breweries do. And yeah, I think about um, like uh, like we mentioned already, Flatlanders being one of the bigger ones here in Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, like, I want to spend some time on that. Can you, mm. for anyone listening, can you sort of explain what Flatlanders is?
2: Sure. So Flatlanders uh, is. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a beer festival. Um, it's a beer festival that's put on by the True North Foundation uh, and it's run at the, uh, at the arena, so the what is now the Canada Life Center. Um, it basically started out as um, an exhibition for the Liquor Mart stores to run promos on their products and have people taste all the beers. As local breweries became more of a thing, uh, they've now actually segregated everything so that all the non-locals go to the top floor mm-hmm. and all the locals go to the ice level. And people actually walk around at the ice level tasting yeah. local beers. Uh, it's a party atmosphere. It is. It's like, it's a good time. Yeah. I, I love Flatlanders. I do too. It's what? exhausting. The, the, the,
1: like the different breweries there look like they're clearly having a good time. Yes. Okay. Like they're working with each other. There's a lot of that community yep. uh, totally. and the, the people there are the exact same way. Every time I've gone, I only spend the time at the ice level yes. and it's like, yeah. Oh, we got to go upstairs. And there's a whole nother international oh, man. section upstairs. Right. We've yeah.
0: lost a CO2 canister and granite glass is right there. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. here's your CO2 canister. Like yeah. it's, way to save the day, buddy. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's great.
2: Like, you know it's kind of one of those days where um we don't all get a lot of time to spend with each other uh, in the industry when your uh your production schedule is seven days a week or mm-hmm. your tap room is open seven days a week or whatever right it's hard to get out and get to all the places um and unfortunately that's just being in the service industry that way you kind of just have to right like you're, yeah. you're you're entertaining people all the time right uh or you're making beer one or the other So Flatlanders is one of those times that we all get to get together and we'll go for lunch on the Saturday always. Uh, So a whole bunch of brewers will go out and it's kind of like, oh, this is where all the brewers are. Like if you walked into a restaurant and there's like a table of like 40 people and it's like, oh, I found the brewers, right? Like they're all sitting and they're all drinking, right? And they're all having a great time. And there's the war stories over the year, right, that everybody's catching up on. Um, and that's essentially what yeah, Flatlanders is. It's a, uh, it's just a, it's a good time, and, uh, and it's and a it's marketing opportunity too, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. It's put on by the. Oh, so it's I didn't fun- know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a fundraiser for True North. So all the beer is oh, wow. wow. donated. True North Foundation.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: So, so what? basically, it ends up being it is a great marketing opportunity for us because. Yep is an audience of people that may or may not know who we are um certainly when we started like our first year out right that was was our
0: that was our announcement
2: that was our announcement we basically announced we were opening up a brewery and then like a week later it was flatlanders time really yeah Yeah. that
1: was the big kickoff
2: yeah so that was our first time ever pouring a beer for anyone was at flatlanders yeah wow and Um,
1: and we were not
0: happy with it but people were so nice yeah they were and they loved
2: it so much and people still ask for that stupid beer <laughs> uh, with, like, what, with the orange one yeah <laughs> yeah I, I told we're gonna we're on our like 10th anniversary here we're make gonna it. brew it we're gonna do yeah 100 yeah, i might have to make it sooner because like people will kill me if i don't <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's insane it's insane so um,
1: like what goes into the preparation of it because a lot like every Every brewery in the city is is there, and obviously, international is all upstairs. And there's always unique stuff that you can only get at Flatlanders. Yeah. It's like, it seems like Absolutely. there's so much effort yeah. and work involved in coming totally. up with these unique recipes. Yep. I
0: feel like people treat it a bit like a trade show that way Ooh, because yeah. people have yeah. trade show plans. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. 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 Um, people will do like special uh, PR events or like shock value items. Mm-hmm. Um, trade shows you know for you know yeah. the expos and wherever california like this is our chance as a local brewery to do something like that and yep. and the second time we went to flatlanders we really tried to show them
2: up oh yeah i mean like if our first time out was like well we were a little bit in shell shock and we didn't know what to expect that it was like the next time we brought all the guns with us yeah yeah and uh it was that was a fun time that was um, super fun because yeah you get to it's a bit of a flex, right? You can, Mm -hmm. you can show off what you can do. Um, you can have some fun brewing, right? Which is, is great. Uh, it's what every brewer wants. It's, it's, you know, if you, you want to brew with some weird ingredient, right? Mm -hmm. You want to brew a saffron? Okay. This is your chance to brew a saffron. It's going to cost me $3,000, but you know, (laughs) pay (laughs) for the marketing budget. Uh, um, uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those times, right? You can do that. Um, it, uh, or some of the like unique brews that you did for Flatliners. So like the, the last time um, mm-hmm. the last time we do and, and this is kind of a general philosophy at DMC is we don't want to do festivals where we can't give you something you can't get elsewhere. Um, There's no point in this. I just really. like the idea of somebody paying for a ticket to a beer festival and then walking in and being like oh well they're pouring their three core beers
0: I can get a of like, stuff here Yeah,
2: like, I can yeah. get that anywhere right? that's not fun Like, and I paid $50 to be her or whatever it is. Right. So we like to walk in and just be like, okay, we're going to bring, we're going to bring star stuff always because everybody will ask for it. Uh, We're going to bring whatever the seasonal du jour is. And then we're probably going to fill the rest of the the lines with something crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The last time we did it at Flatlanders, we did a rotational slushy sour tap on a That's right. machine. Every hour. That's right. I do remember yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I and
0: mean, we did the cowbell. You remember
2: yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. the cowbell yeah. and every hour we changed the line. So yeah. we started with like a raspberry thing and then a mango thing and then a cherry lime thing. He's... And it was like those beers were absolutely insane to make. Yeah. Um, That was 100% flying by the seat of our pants and we're just like what goes into this beers, Right? Like how do we make it taste more like cherry, more like well, lime? You didn't have like, to
0: let it like you didn't have to worry about it like
2: lasting right so So literally everything like we threw the whole kitchen sink at it and actually i really liked the way those beers turned out
1: yeah Um, i I had two of them i think i remember having two of them but the lines were crazy they were like because everyone wanted the next the next thing that you guys were going to be doing yeah we we
0: created some anticipation with the cowbell Uh, event too like you know once the cowbell rang you couldn't have the last one and it was time for the next one yeah
2: that's kind of the fun of it right Is like you kind of like whipping the crowd into a frenzy a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Especially and you get people excited. I've been to enough beer festivals in the states that I know I know how these things work, right? Like, I want the crazy beer, right? Like, I yeah. want the 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 barrel aged whatever, right? Like, I, I want that, but I know I can't get it after like this time, so I got to go now. Yeah, right. And then yeah. and I know how I react to that, and I think that most people do too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. like
1: any other industry. Exactly. Yeah. I was, uh, I sampled actually at that one, at that Flatlanders, I sampled a mango jalapeno talking about putting like peppers into beers. It was from uh, One Great City, I think. Yeah, yeah. I went there. It was amazing because you got the mango flavor and then you got hit with that jalapeno and it was perfect. I was like, I need more of this. I ended up going like four times, and on the fourth yeah. time, the like, guy just like filled the entire mug full yeah. I'm like thanks. I love chilies and beer. I told everyone about it, brought everyone over to sample it. But that's what's so cool about it. Cause yeah. you do something so unique like that, totally. and they're all of a sudden, hey, because everyone goes, no one's going alone. They're yeah. going in a group, and yeah. they're yeah. like, hey, you guys all need to come over here and try this. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's yeah. crazy.
2: It's fun that way. Like, and I I appreciate my time there as well, getting to you know, bounce from the booth for a few minutes. Like, we always bring extra staff with us. Um, so we can like just bounce out and be like, Hey, I'm going to go try. I'm going to go try that thing at torque. Yeah. Uh, and go chat with those guys for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and just experience that. And then we talk about how we make it and all that stuff and it's great. And, and that's the other pieces that you get to talk to people uh, yeah. about the actual beer about, you know, and, and really like convey your passion for it. Sometimes you don't, you know, you buy a can of whatever, right? Um, and you don't necessarily know how much passion goes into that. Just project. just
0: the story is really all we get in the yeah, design,
1: right? Yeah,
2: exactly. So
1: I like what you you've been able to do. Going back to the designs and stuff, not to keep harping on this, but really, honestly, like the amount of work that you put into the beer, and the amount of work that you put in the label and the naming, it all sort of works together well, right? And it's, and I think anyone listening to this, I think the biggest thing I learned is to appreciate the labels and the designs a lot more because I didn't even realize all the background mindset and what you're trying to link to by just coming up with names yeah. for the It has things. to
0: respect the product. Yeah. Exactly. For me as a designer, yeah. like yeah. it's just too good to just not put enough effort into.
2: For sure. And yeah. like 99% of what we do is we just like, we just feed nostalgia. Yeah, like my own nostalgia usually, yeah. um, and it's just like, what's the thing I love? What do I want to pay tribute to? And I mean, you'll see it with the beefcake beer, right? It's yeah. Like, so speaking of
1: which, yeah, we should we probably pour on that, that one. Okay. All right, so we got the uh, the famous beefcake now, boys. Cheers, beefcake. guys. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. All right, yeah. Try this. Mmm, that's a good beer. So what is a? a so it's a Brutus IPA. So, so, give me so give it's me a the brute background. IPA I mean. is, a brute IPA, yeah,
2: the, 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 and then the us is in the, brackets. Got yeah, it. Right. Uh, tribute for the wrestler. Um, <laughs> so, so a brute IPA is a it's a, actually a fairly new style. It's a sub style of IPA, where um, they're kind of trying to simulate like a champagney like brute, uh, like a like a brute wine. Brute wine. Um, so sparkly, very dry. Oh, gotcha. That kind of thing, but mimic that as an IPA. So um the general philosophy is um not a lot of grain character at all um and they add a special enzyme um that actually breaks down all the complex sugars that are left in the wort after fermentation's done okay and allows the yeast to keep on eating
0: makes um, it so dry
2: So it really breaks. I I get that dry on the tongue as soon as like that after. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. So all that comes from like this enzyme that's breaking down sugars and allowing the consumption of all the sugars to be run basically until it's the same gravity as water. Like it is nothing left in it once, once it's done, just some flavor from the grain, but, but no sugar. Um, and then, uh, it's supposed to be fairly, um, fairly smooth as far as like the bitterness goes, but then just high hop, um, in late hops to like accentuate whatever character you're trying to actually bring out with hop.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
2: um, and then carbonating it fairly high so that you get the sparkly kind of brute type IPA.
1: It smells good too. Like it's yeah. got a different
2: smell to it. We use some really wonky hops for this one. So it's really out there. The Hallertau. No, we, uh, our first, actually, if you, if you came to Winnipeg Beer Fest a couple years ago, before at COVID. At the Fort Gibraltar. Gibraltar. We did a version of this beer, um, but we did use Hollertel Blanc oh, for right. that. Um, and that was the, we were looking for the white whiny kind of note that comes with Hollertel Blanc hop. But this one, we decided that we'd go completely off the wall. We'd pick three, like, really different hops. So we used Green Bullet. And I think Belma? Yeah. Belma? Where are those sourced from? Um, so we were able to get them from our supplier. Uh, Belma's a US hop green bullet is from New Zealand.
0: I was going to say it's yep. got to be a New World one.
2: Yeah. And uh, is it Brew One? Can you, it's YTT, YET, sorry. Oh, okay. So YET another another uh, New Zealand op. I'm impressed with your eyesight to be able to read it from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> I know his his
0: his mom is like visually impaired and he's got 20/20 20, 20 vision. Yeah,
2: I inherited all those genes. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Um, so like what you get out of this thing is is like it's kind of unlike most beers like it's got strawberry notes it's got melon notes but then it's got this like weird dark fruit spice thing going on afterwards Mm -hmm. and that's the green bullet Um, interesting green bullet is a weird hop and we've never used it before but i really kind of dig that depth that it gives it um it's not what you would expect for something that looks like that yeah right because it's very pale yellow
1: it is very that's what i was noticing like it's like a lot of these these flavors come through that like foggy beer that you kind of get and it's like crisp yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy.
2: It's it's a very strange blend of hops, but mm-hmm. I kind of like it. I kind of like messing around with palettes that way because you know, what you see is not necessarily what you get in this case.
1: Yeah. yeah. So for the naming, it was honestly just because of the brute IPA and yeah. it, everything just
2: snowballed from yeah. there. <laughs> if you go on Untappd and you search brute IPA, yeah. there's about a billion of them that are named A2 Brute. Oh, really? Like so many like every second one? Yeah, let's say, um, because you know it's the the, the classic line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just just the way people go, I guess, when they they don't check if anybody else has done it. <laughs> um, so we tr- we're trying to find another way to use the word brute, right? In in uh, our naming, mm-hmm. and when we stumble on like you know, okay, well Brutus, yeah, Brutus, you know, being the Julius Caesar Brutus, yeah. or we thought, well, remember Brutus the Barber Beefcake? And right away it was like, well, it's, the beer's gonna be called beefcake. Yeah. Like it <laughs> has to be, right? There's no way around this, right? So we just, we kind of dropped the, the Brute to the us, like to the, to the style. So we mm-hmm. named it a Brute Us IPA. Yeah. And then we just kept beefcake as oh, the- and
0: I got to have a blast with it. Yeah, design.
2: no kidding. Like it is a fun
1: can. Yeah. I, I commented on that on your Instagram post. I think the day you guys posted it, I'm like, I don't care what this beer tastes like. I
0: remember that. Yeah,
1: I'm <laughs> buying it simply because of this design. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, like I was a fan of WWF. So it was, it brought back those memories, yeah, yeah.
2: right? And and I know Crystal, like your experience with, with WWE is
0: very limited so limited but I just Um, had to do a little bit of research with you guys and talk about it and I I think that's how all our labels end up going is mm -hmm. like they have a name Uh, sometimes I contribute Yep. Um, but we just talk about it and then I'm like all these like images just kind of come up in my head (laughs) and then and then you know sometimes I'll put together like a few options but most of the time my first inclination because i 'm so close with them, it just organically yeah. comes yeah. and we i'm really like, lucky that way because I work in a commercial design sense, and it's never that way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about like doing some different things on the can like we talked about doing a silhouette with like uh, like an animal print thing and like kind of like putting his. Frame around like, and then making the scissors stand out like on the silhouette, and then we was like, well, no, 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 like, like, really, it's the animal print that like everybody yeah, wants, people right? Like, will know. Like, yeah. So let's just wrap the whole thing in animal print, yeah,
1: and it that stands out oh yeah like you can't yeah. miss that
2: on a <laughs> shelf yeah it is the loudest thing on the shelf and like i said we're probably going to do a few more of them nice. with different hops oh that's so cool um but we're just going to change the animal print God, time. if you did
1: a whole wrestler theme lineup one time like, somebody
2: asked me for that yeah. and i was like i do want to do that but i also don't want to get sued by vince mcmahon yeah. <laughs> Well, you would have no chance in hell no. winning that. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs>
1: that is so cool. I got kind of got off topic of where we were talking about. We were um, we were chatting about uh, flatliners, and yeah. I wanted to talk about that community aspect. Yeah. Um, because you said like it, it is like this big get together. You guys are all busy all the time, so now you're getting together, having dinner, sharing trade, you know, horror stories, nightmares, and stuff that have happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there is in it's funny, like in the world, there's always competitors, but in this world, it doesn't really seem like there's competitors, like it's community or competition. Um, how does that help grow the industry?
2: So we, there's this, there's this uh, overwhelming sense of us versus them in the craft beer world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like us, like the craft brewers versus them, the other craft brewers. It's, it's very much us, the tiny market share of craft brewers in in total versus a macro beer in total yeah. um and we all realize we thrive on that yeah that's that's the enemy right like the like,
1: more the molson cores yeah, exactly. stuff. exactly yeah.
2: like if i if i can get somebody to go out to um a bar and try a good neighbor beer or a sucrum's beer or something like that mm-hmm. um the likelihood of them picking up a dmc beer is way higher right because they've already got a taste for something that's different than what they're normally used to drinking.
0: And they're supporting their local community. Yep. Uh, the money is getting closer to their pockets. Uh, there's just... there's it, Being involved in that sort of community just makes, I think, from a marketing sense, consumers feel more welcome and, and comforted. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, the, people... People know that yes, that any money that they spend goes back into their community. Um, and on top of that, uh, anything that we can do to, uh, kind of push people in that direction is better. Um, you know, if, if, uh, any of those brewers, like, you know, all, all our friends in the brewing world, uh, we all feel the same way I'm, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. um. I know from the ones that i've talked to for sure it's 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 a very much a uh, well if we if we can sell more beer than the macro guys right then yeah. we get to survive a little bit longer yeah uh, so we will help each other to those ends because yeah it's it's very much like a hey we're all in this together and yeah. like like the enemy is
1: way bigger than
2: we are like we can't compete like even we combine if we combine with Fort Gary if we combine with Trans Canada right if we combine with torque like you know th- three of the bigger breweries in the province mm-hmm. we still can't match that like yeah. it's not even close right we could take all the craft breweries in Canada and I don't think we can still compete with that
0: yeah but creating right? that spirit absolutely definitely like it sways consumers decisions
2: and I For think sure. that's
0: always how it is in any industry um, but it just happens to be super apparent in the craft beer industry yeah,
2: exactly, yeah. and and it helps that uh, that people tend to be very friendly, very accommodating to each other.
0: You guys all knew each other before too. Like a lot of the craft beer people uh, used to be home brewers, mm-hmm. so they connected before yeah. they were even business
2: folk. Yeah, especially this this kind of uh, you know I, I talk in waves usually when I talk about craft beer in Winnipeg because like you know your wave one would be your Fort Gary and your your half pints and. Uh, your wave two would have been torque and Bardhammer, And, um, I guess it would have been peg at the time. And, uh, like one great city would have been in there at the same mm-hmm. time too. And then kind of the wave three is like where all the homers started opening up shop. Right. Like, yeah. so you get the kilter, you've got uh, stone angel, you've got, uh, us, you've got oxus, right. Yeah. Um, all these, these there's
1: there's some now I I haven't even heard of like I definitely don't even know all of the breweries in the city. There's yeah, so thank many
0: goodness of it's them. expanding. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. so actually super young in this city compared yeah. to a lot of not just Canadian cities, I mean American cities too. But mm-hmm.
2: yeah. and a lot of those homebrewers who are opening up shops now, we like we go back way back, right? Yeah. Um, like Steve was was really active in the Brew Bombers well before before all this, right? And yeah, like we know most of these people from our past, right? It's great, and they're friends, and it's you know, hey, do you bounce have a,
0: ideas off each other? An extra bag of mm-hmm.
2: of flaked rice, like I'm I'm short one, yeah, no problem, I've got one. Like you I think know, that's the the biggest testament to the fact that you guys aren't
1: in competition. Where you even said like Torque was brewing your beer, yeah. so it's not like you were hiding recipes or anything no, from each no. other. You guys no, are no. sharing ideas and Absolutely, telling you yeah. guys like each other what works and what what, what yeah. doesn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think this movement came from? Because like, like our parents all drank those big like beers. Like that's that's what was in the house it was Molson Canadian, and, and that was sort of the testament. Like everyone's parents drank this stuff, yeah. and a lot of their parents still drink it, right? Why did this movement and this mentality kind of shift to now everyone prefers these craft beers? Crazy question. It yeah, and I mean, it, it really took off within the last like few yeah. years. Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah,
2: here it's been the last few years. I mean, I. You have to look at as a whole, like if you go back into the like mid nineties in the U S when craft breweries really started popping up, mm-hmm. right? Your Sierra Nevada's and your new Belgium's and, and um, Oscar blues mm-hmm. and things like that, these big, what are now big brands were small brands, right? Mm-hmm. Stone was another one, right? Um, right about that time where people just, for whatever reason decided they liked flavor in their beer. Right. Like uh, West Coast uh IPAs really, really push that limit a little bit and just they turn people onto hops. Yeah. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Hops are I, they're addicting. Like mm-hmm. like once you've had a hoppy beer, like you want another one. Yeah. Like like and then you're kind of like you're hooked. Right? As soon as I got
1: onto it, I yeah. hooked my father in law onto it. And he used to drink like yeah, like Keiths or something like that too. And yeah. and he told me I remember it was years ago when I finally got him into it. He's like, yeah, I can't touch that stuff anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I he, need to only He told drink me that when beer. I started
0: dating him. He yeah. was like, I'm going to ruin it for you. I'm going to yeah. ruin all the big beers for you. Yeah, that's and what like, it is. Yeah. But I mean, to 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 add to like you know the 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 technical side of what you're saying, I feel like a lot of it is also culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like. I think our generation and the consumers of like craft beer are really like uh they they want to support local. So local yes. is obviously like associated with craft beer doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean it per se, but I think like as a community when we get together, like that that from a marketing perspective is really what makes craft beer a thing. Totally.
1: Yeah. Is there yeah. a dynamic change when like a craft brewery that you know you've been close with all of a sudden you know makes it big and they got their beer nationwide maybe even even into
2: the states where you're like ah you're not we
0: talk about that a lot yeah
2: it it depends on it depends on how that came about um i like you know i love to see a brewery succeed i love to see a great brewery succeed even more um you know when when like a central city showed up in in Manitoba for mm-hmm. the first time, mm-hmm. like that was super cool because all of a sudden, oh, what do you mean central city? Like in in uh, based well, they were based in Central City, I guess. Um, we're now based in city, right in Vancouver. Are all of a sudden available everywhere? Like mm-hmm. okay, that's cool, and they did it of their own court, right? That's an independent expansion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's so um, admirable. Right, yeah. you know, we see that with. That kind of growth with Driftwood is doing the same. Torque is um, moving
0: into other provinces. Yeah,
2: Torque is moving to other provinces. Uh, Breweries like Bellwoods, right? Bellwoods in Ontario are getting bigger and bigger and they're expanding and that's great.
0: But they've maintained quality too, which is like...
2: That's huge. Now, if they're expanding because they've got investment from bigger breweries or bigger companies and all of a sudden they start playing this corporate game then that's not so much. Like, is like it craft the, beer the, the, Goose, the Goose Island yeah. is a good example. Or, um, you know, the, the classics of uh, Granville Island or uh, more recently Bandit Peak hmm. or Stanley Park. One of those, right? One of those brands that gets bought by somebody larger and then it's no longer, it's really no longer craft beer. Um, is it? I mean... Well, it isn't by definition. Not by not Brewers Association by the, Not by definition. the Brewers Association. Gotcha. okay. Right? It's an independent independently owned, uh, or at least 40, 51% independently owned company under a certain threshold of production, right? Okay. So, um, would exclude like InBev who are their own independently owned brewing company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they own 100% of their own shares. Uh, but they're, they're over way over the th- threshold, right? So the biggest example would be, um, Boston beer company. Adams okay. or something like that, right? Yeah. Where they own themselves, but they're under the threshold, and they keep on moving that bar to accommodate them because they really want them to be. They're in there. still
1: technically gotcha. crashed. Yeah.
2: interesting. Yeah. yeah. So the more they expand, the more they move the bar. <laughs> That's uh, weird. It is <laughs> cheating uh, the system. Exactly. Well, but,
0: and I, I mean, it's 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 actually exactly what you want, though.
2: It is. It is because it means that ideal the, biggest, the biggest independent players are getting bigger. That's yeah. that's what it means. Uh, unfortunately, there are casualties like New Belgium recently oh, so uh, was was sold. Um, Dallas Point before that, mm-hmm.
3: um,
2: really really respected breweries uh, that that just they got sold to a larger company, and unfortunately, like you know that's that. I feel that as a loss. Yeah. I for, mean, I don't know how culture. much we're yeah.
0: like allowed to say that kind of thing, but no, no, like that's that. definition wise yeah. It changed.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think the whole industry feels that right. And it's, it's a moment of sadness, right. That like this once great company, once great pillar of the craft community, um, has gone to the other side. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are circumstances that sometimes you can't control. Um, Elysian Brewing is another one of those that unfortunately met the same fate. Um, but once you start getting bigger and you start uh, having less control over your own company, sometimes that happens, right? Yeah. You can take on other shareholders, they have more say, all that stuff, right? Uh, so more boardroom crap and less actual ground, right?
1: Just losing sight of what. Why you started the company yeah. to begin with, right? That yeah. that is un- unfortunate.
2: Yeah, it, and it hurts to watch that happen. But yeah. again, do um, you blame huge. them?
1: Though I mean, well,
2: depends on who you who yeah, it is, right? I mean, mm-hmm. and the motive
1: behind it. No, I guess millions, right? millions of
0: dollars. Yeah. Like maybe I'll just start my own other brewery.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. Molson came knocking on your door and wanted to buy Devil May Care yeah. for a million bucks.
2: I, I've joked about that. Yeah, before. we have. and I, 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 every time I joke about, I it, say, like, I'll sell it. Like, and, I, I'll sell and, it. I, and I tell I'll, him, I tell I'll,
0: him he should go fuck himself. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah I'll, I'll sell it. I'll walk away, and I'll come back, and I'll build a million dollar brewery. Right? <laughs> uh, Taking all your old recipes. Right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: they couldn't uh, make them the same anymore. I'm anyway. going
2: to star things and get up, <laughs> get up off of your thing. And, <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, no, but it's one of those like I, I don't think I could sell it for a million bucks at this point. Like no. I think we're too far down that rabbit hole. Um, you know, if somebody walked so much in excitement and, and, right and you were now. Uh, yeah. and if you were Ballast Point, this is the classic example. They got bought for like a million, a billion oh, dollars. Man, their beer was so good, really. And they were they were worth a billion dollars. It was yeah, all very absolutely inflated, they were. But yeah. somebody offered them a billion dollars, and I, I understand why they would have taken it because yeah. they were that's just, a
1: lot of money. Oh, their sculpin beers
0: yeah. are just.
2: Oh. Yeah, they made some really great beer. Yeah. So RIP. I think they're back in independent hands now because I think they got sold off again. Yeah. Yeah, because they weren't very profitable.
0: Oh, well, everybody <laughs> knew.
2: Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so big props to the breweries that actually do expand, do get national like distribution.
0: And still keep uh, it craft. And
2: still keep it real. Like, mm-hmm. like I love to see that. And like, you know, those are the those are the companies that we need to look at and be like. You know everybody should applaud them because they're they're doing what they're 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 keeping it very craft real and, and yeah. that's that's exactly Humble. what we all want yeah For sure yeah. yeah yeah that's excellent
1: yeah um and talking even more about the industry, so one, one bigger point that happened more recently on social media, uh, I guess the controversial touchy point, is obviously about equality in the workplace. And there's been a lot of claims, um, like, obvious, like really horrible stuff happening in breweries with sexual harassment and mistreating. And what are, you, what are you, so what's your take on that? But what are you, more importantly, what are you doing at Devil May Care to sort of make the industry better as a whole?
2: That's a really good question. Um, it's, a really unfortunate thing um and i guess some people at some point um had been maybe unfortunately deluded into thinking that we were uh immune to that right that like craft craft beer somehow di- like like transcended the evils of the world, right? Well, like, yeah,
1: because it goes hand in hand with like, shop local, the modern movement, yeah. and it's like, oh, like everything's equality in the modern movement, That's so right. why yeah. wouldn't craft beer be?
2: Right, um, and unfortunately, like even as recently as I think a year ago, uh, Sam Caljoni, who is the uh, CEO of Dogfish Head Brewing, um, basically said, well, craft beer is 99% asshole free. Right, it was a famous quote that he said. Mm-hmm. You know. Like I don't think that's true. Like it's like anything. It's like any business. Is is he, like society's not ninety nine percent asshole free, right? Like yeah. where do you, you get know, these numbers from? Like I, I, <laughs> I wish it was. I really wish it was. And I wish everybody was, was there to do um nothing but great, mm-hmm. right? And 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 do well by their fellow people and, and all that stuff. Um, unfortunately, it's it's catching up. Right. And so there's a lot of that, um, going on right now. And, and, and all the stories are absolutely heartbreaking. Like Just yeah, like, I think I spent four days on social media, every, any moment I could get, I was back on and I was reading stories. He was
0: really trying hard to be aware. And I was absorbing it. Right. Because
2: I mean, to a certain degree, like I'm, I'm a white male in a predominantly white male industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and I own a company which is not great optics wise, I suppose. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but all I can do is learn right now, right? Yeah. So reading stories and absorbing all that is, is the best that I can do. And like, try to not replicate the mistakes of the people that came before us.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and that sounds great, but it's not really actionable. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Thank- setting
0: setting our goals, we've, we've yeah. set goals.
2: And we are a small company. like like i said there are three employees in this company um and going forward obviously uh we have very very strict ideas of uh the diversity that we should embody in our company Mm -hmm. um and empowering employees and making sure that everybody feels like they can make positive changes within the company um
0: culture is so important i mean yeah absolutely it's
2: It's huge huge,
0: yeah Yeah, like it's often overlooked and Mm -hmm. like i know i know you have experience in that too and it's i mean i know that you are trying and i think that like we're always still trying to learn and uh i mean i'm guilty too uh, but i think that the, the point is that because we're starting up now and we're fresh yeah we have a chance to make a clean slate and do it right.
2: And I think that's the, that's the key is that we are in a position where we can, we can start with a great culture because we haven't really even started yet. That's the, we have no culture. We have three people that kind of do what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we can grow culture to start, that is good and enables people to be their best selves Mm -hmm. um, and celebrate the diversity of the people in the industry. um, I think that's where we need to start.
0: Yeah, um, and to to that point, like, uh, I think it's really exciting that we're part of the downtown community. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we're really looking forward to being active here, um, getting to know the businesses that are local, uh, trying to um, be marinated into what downtown culture is, and we love yeah. downtown. Like, yeah. Colin and I... And, and, and Steve, I know for sure is really excited about this location and it's going to be really important for us to make that part of us as yeah. well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to tag team onto that, like, we know that there are lots of social issues downtown. Like we're well aware of it. You know, yeah. we lived down here for quite a long time. And, um, I believe that everybody here has like, everyone deserves a chance. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the people in our area here, uh, deserve more than they have. Yeah. So we're going to try and build a community, uh, around doing better and helping to helping to help the community. Right. We always preach that breweries are p- community pillars, right? In the past, they always have been, they've been community spaces. They've been, uh, gathering areas for, for significant political and social change. Um, Especially if you go into like into Europe, uh, in like you know in the past ages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we can do that here as well, and yeah. I think that is something that really uh, resonates with us, just as individuals, right? We want to make very very positive changes, and hopefully we can get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exciting, and like it's amazing that you're already thinking about that and have that in place, having your own your own space now. I'm assuming there's going to be some hiring in the future, where you're going to have mm-hmm. to grow that team. And the fact that you're already thinking about this and outlining what it is that Devil May Care stands for yeah. and what your goals and, and values are, I think that's so valuable before you start hiring to make sure that you're getting the right people on the team that can help.
2: Absolutely, yeah. 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 Like we've we've put a lot of conversations into hiring, like hypothetical people, mm-hmm. right? And it's just you know, um, you know, we have hypothetical hypothetical roles in our uh future state mm-hmm. yeah. right and you know what would uh what, if we had our dream like employees what would those people be like yeah. what would they represent right um and and i mean yeah it's a it's it's one of those things where i'm sure we will change lots and i, I hope we can give people the opportunity to grow inside the company and find themselves as well um just like we are mm-hmm. right
3: so, I mean, yeah.
0: ultimately our devil may care attitude is just wearing our heart on our sleeves yeah. and, um, you know,
2: yeah, I think the, they'll taking find the that risk, actually the jumping devil, in. Yeah. I think they'll actually find that the devil does care a lot, like, <laughs> like if we're, we're, we're really funny that way because we, we really care about, uh, not just the craft beer community because we do, um, but just about the city about like our local area and, and about the people that, you know, make up this town. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully we can, we can make positive waves with them. The, yeah.
1: the sentiment is around like the carefree attitude where you can be yourself and not worry about what other people think exactly. about you, absolutely, right? Yeah. yeah. That's where it comes. Yeah. Totally, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, talking about the future. I mean, this is a big milestone. You've hit a bunch of milestones. We've talked about some, some goals of yours in the future. Where are there other milestones out there that you want to obtain? Like, where do you see yourself in like you know ten years, twenty years, even?
0: Colin and I are getting married in 2023. <laughs> Congratulations!
2: That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty three.
0: Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't mean to distract from. No, that no, business. no. That's
2: that's a good start. Um, <laughs> yeah, long term goals. Like, we're. I mean, we are. Our lease here is long, um, so we signed a really long-term lease. So for the foreseeable future, we are here. Um, we did work into our uh, negotiations that should suite beside us become available that we have first kind of crack at it. At.
1: Excellent. Um, so you have that opportunity for expansion in yeah. the future.
2: Uh, and, I mean, we realized that with the with the small system that we're in installing in the back right uh, immediately, we will eventually outstrip that. Like that's it, you know, it, it's going to happen. Um, but once we're ready to step up, then hopefully, um, space will be available really close. We don't really like to like the, I don't like the idea of opening another brewery and then having to build that up. Um, I've seen so many breweries fail by doing that. So also
0: we, we love and respect our neighbors, of course, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But you know, um, the, the mm-hmm. idea circumstances. Of, yeah, I mean, if, you know, circumstances change, then, you know, we'd be happy to jump on that. Uh, <laughs> if we could afford it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, ideally, I'd love to be able to brew all of our beer on site. Um, yeah. not, just, not just the beer that's served here, but, like, I'd love to get it out of, you know, out of uh, Torx hands because I'm sure they will be busy at that point with doing all their own stuff i sure, uh, not having to babysit our beer anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so bringing that back home would be, would be great. Um, but yeah, I, like I, we've, we've talked a lot about different things that we'd like to do. Um, I'm very interested in spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, we,
1: and that yeah. industry is starting to grow in the city
0: too.
2: Yeah. Patent is. Five coming in and really blowing things up. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Patent Five makes yeah. some great stuff. Um, I think. Yes, I think is.
2: spirits is a is a really neat frontier. Mm. Um, it's a tougher market to make money in, uh, but I think it's cool. We drink a lot of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's one area I would really like to look at. Uh, we were looking at seltzers, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. See where that goes.
0: Industry is kind of shaky right now
1: I think that's a phase more I think it's a summer effect. thing yeah, yeah I totally. think it will stay Like I'm, I'm not yeah. gonna lie I'm a big fan of the White Claw for sure me too but, uh, oh, yeah. but yeah I think it's one of those things
2: that eh, it'll stick
1: around yeah. but it's, a, it's at it's peak right now I think yeah. it's just gonna sort of uh, well and it
2: has been trickling already yeah truly um, truly
0: already sold some stuff
2: well, it's truly sitting on too much stock is what's yeah. happening. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a future state of that industry. It's going to be more... I think it's yeah, seasonal. It's going to be mm-hmm. owned by two companies. right? It's going to be yeah. White Claw and it's going to be Truly. Yeah. Uh, truly being Boston Beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so... I think yeah, it's a two-horse race basically. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the end of it, right? Like yeah. and, well, and then like, craft. will it turn craft? Who knows? Well, the, will there be craft seltzers? Will well, there, there there are, are craft seltzers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some.
0: Yeah. Uh, what's that uh, non-Such one? It's really, yeah. right. it yes. really good. Yeah, that's right.
2: It is really good. Yeah.
1: I've not tried crazy. that. yet. I
2: just heard about that. Oh yeah, we tried it when we were camping this
0: year. Yeah. Check
2: that out. I really thought they were neat. They're really definitely the most unique seltzers I've had, and I've had other seltzers that are like craft like i've had the belching beaver ones with real fruit and things like that and they're like yeah they're fine like mm-hmm. they're not better than their other than the truly's or the their beer's great yeah yeah but they're but you know the the seltzers are they're fine yeah. right um so but nifty you know, really how, pushed the boundaries yeah, how i thought a seltzer can be is is up for debate i think yeah. uh but i think the nifty stuff is pretty nifty i gotta go check that out yeah, yeah, yeah you should that's awesome yeah Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And I don't know about anything else in the future. We'll we'll burn those bridges when we get there. Definitely. Well, it'll guess, be exciting like, to see.
1: It'll be exciting to see this place launch. Like I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna be the big thing It'll it'll just it'll set you guys up for the next like few years. You don't need anything major after that.
2: <laughs> I think I think at that point I'm gonna be very happy just to like enjoy yeah. this for a while and yeah. then and then we'll see where we go. You know, maybe we'll go bigger. We'll we'll see.
1: congratulations again thanks bud thank you so much and
0: thank you for having us this has been so great yeah
2: well
1: thank you for being here and and thank you for getting like giving me the sneak peek into the future space it's gonna be awesome no problem right on
2: happy to have you
1: all right everyone well thanks for joining us and uh, take it easy cheers cheers